Wrestling Geeks Action! Happy New Year to everyone! Ha <laughs> ha! We don't even do a video podcast, and I said that. Anyways, this is your pal and host, co-host, if you will, of the Wrestling Geeks Alliance show, in which me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews and previews of future shows coming out. Uh, this is the uh, the big show! This is the the the, the Dundies. Uh, of of our show, um, me and my co-host Chris, who I will get to talking in a little while, we're going to be talking about the the top ten best male superstars of this year, the top ten best female superstars, the top five tag teams, uh, the top five matches, even though I made ten, um, and just like a whole bunch, like reflect off this last year in wrestling, talk a lot about wrestling, a little bit about movies maybe, or some other stuff, and get ready, since we're recording this on New Year's Eve for 2023, and hopefully, uh, in a lot of aspects, it's uh, way fucking better, because we could have had top five dramatic moments of this year, uh, or news items, and there was plenty of those, but I couldn't do the show without uh, my co-host, like I said, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, how you doing today, sir? I am doing wonderful, but every time you said you say get ready, I'm like get ready because this ain't funny. Uh, my inner Beastie Boys comes out. Nice. Uh, so things I've been watching. Let's just jump right into it. Lilyhammer. Have you have you watched this at all with uh, the fucking guitar player from uh, the E Street Band? It was in Sopranos. What was his name Van Zant? But not the Van Zant. Oh, the wow. Leonard Skinner. Stevie, Stevie Ray's, no, Stevie Van Zandt, or Little little Steven, no, that's not it. <laughs> God damn it, now I have to look this up, thanks, uh, thanks, yes. Chris. Anyways, I watched this, and if you like mob movies and Letter Kenny or Trailer Park Boys, it is kind of a combination of, like, a serious mob show for the drama aspect of it, but all of his associates, because he moves to uh, Norway, are very much, like, what you would get if you went into like the trailer park boys world or letter kitty world and started to try to start an like a crime <laughs> crime rink in those places. So it's a, uh, it's a really cool show. I, I didn't hear about it. It's uh I don't want to say too much because there's a lot of surprises. If you're a Sopranos fan or if you're a music fan, there's some like cool uh, pop-ins on it, but it's a, it's a really, really great show. So I, I watched that and, uh, shit, what else did I watch? Gremlins, Gremlins 2, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, you know, cause we're just getting over the Christmas, uh, trying to remember. I did not watch any Die Hard. Sorry guys out there that love that. Did watch Batman Returns. Um, I tried to watch Smile, got like 30, 40 minutes into it, hated it. Maybe I said that on the last show as well. I can't remember. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I watched. Like, Dane, what what have you been watching? I'm watching that. Uh, I did watch White Lotus. I fucking uh, 
I like the show and hate the music in it. <laughs> all, all the composition behind each scene. I um, I haven't seen White Lotus, but I've heard about it. Uh, I watched, I watched uh, both uh, seasons, uh, and I'm waiting now on the third season of Euphoria. I don't think I remember mentioning that last time. Um, fucking crazy show. If you are a fan of Skins, the UK ones specifically, because they went a little bit uh, more dark. Uh, but there's some comedic stuff within it. Uh, it's like it's got like a if anyone watches Big Mouth, like that cartoon, it's got kind of like it's about kids in high school and shit. These ones just some of them do a lot of drugs and some of them are just fucked up in the head. So kids, I guess, got another reflection I would think of. And I also am halfway done with Wednesday. Absolutely love it. Most Tim Burton-y thing I think that I've seen in a while. I absolutely adore uh, Jenna Ortega. I think she's great. And um, I'm a couple ep- episodes into Andor. Movies, I saw Triple R, RRR. Fucking watch it on Netflix, everyone. If you got to do the, uh, the the dub, do the dub. But I, it's mo- a lot of it's in English. But it's an indie film from basically Bollywood. But it's one of the, the most awesome action movie epics I've seen in a very long time. And, uh, yeah, I saw The Way of Water. It was fun. It was for free. So I'll just I'll, – I'm not going to scratch th- James Cameron's ego. Fuck that. that. That is kind of the best description of Euphoria. Like when I talk to people about that show and I try to describe it um, – that's perfect, like UK skins. I never thought about it that way, but it kind of is that. It's got like a harder edge to it because it's a HBO show. But if um, skins is about a bunch of UK millennials trying to deal, this is about a bunch of Gen Zers in fucking. Well, I mean, all of them are actually millennials because they're like playing five years younger than they really are, which is kind of weird still when you have a bunch of topless chicks and a lot of wieners. There's a lot of wieners. Uh, but yeah, it's got that skins feel of like the same type of thing. They're just Gen Zers in uh, California. I'm know? excited. I'm excited for that new season to come out. So when me that too. drops, let me know because I watched me and uh, my wife blew through the first two. Um, it's it's I was it's a really great show. Yeah, it's a fucking great show. <laughs> it really is. And to uh, relate it back to my old obsession movies, Jacob. Um, I forgot his last name, but the guy that plays the piece of shit, Nate, on the show, he's six five, looking for a new Superman. He's definitely got the look and the range. I just never have seen him as a nice guy, so, uh, or even Batman for that matter. He's got a great look to him, and he's a good actor. If you can get past the fact that he's playing a fucking frat boy from Cali, yeah, great villain. Totally. Um. Outside, I mean, outside of the stuff I named, I haven't – God, I mean, I'm watching that new show with Brian Cranston, which is just basically a different version of Breaking Bad, but he's a judge. Does he say, like, I'm the darkness or whatever or anything like that? Hey, the, the idea is he's, like, protecting his family from, like – I can't get too much into it without giving spoilers. I guess that happens in the first two episodes. So, but any, but anyways, he's like, I gotta protect my family from this, and I'm a judge, and he's like, I'm Brian Cranston, and I'm America's greatest actor. Uh, 
that's a that's a Kevin Smith joke out there for for you guys that are deep Smodcast listeners. But um, yeah, I, I like it. It's okay. Uh, the White Lotus, like I watch it. I enjoy the show. Alexandra Diodario is on it. She's fucking great. Um, it has Coach Coach's wife from Friday Night Lights. Can't think of her name right now. Um, she's pretty good in it as well. It has the guy from Treme. Uh, the the awkward white guy from Treme, I can't think of his name. I'm just gonna name shows with <laughs> what previous characters they played, and then people will know what actor I'm talking about. Because as Dane knows, I'm terrible with actor names uh, until you give me like, oh, he was in this, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's all right. It's an okay show. The they do this. They're trying. They try to do that thing where they build suspense constantly with the music, and I think it is too much for me. Because they're just like eating dinner and there's like hard suspenseful like Hawaiian tribal music over top of it. like const- It's like constant. It never takes like a break for dialogue or anything. There's just like a constant vamp happening. And um, I think the idea is it's supposed to make you uneasy or not, not aware of what's about to come kind of thing. But it to me, it's just like it's kind of – it just got kind of fucking annoying. Uh, but other people might like it because it is definitely just like an art choice of the show. So you might dig it. I personally don't like that part of the show, but there's some great acting in the show and it's kind of a fun story. Jennifer Coolidge is in it, um, which is a hard switch for me because I, uh, you know, I work from home still and I watched a lot of that fucking uh, Two Broke Girls because that shit comes on cable a lot. So I, I'm pretty sure I finished all of that and she plays like, She's supposed to be Polish and does a weird accent, so this is a hard switch for me seeing her in something serious. And she's actually really good in the show, uh, where she is not very good in Two Broke Girls. You know, Stifler's mom, Thane, that ring a bell. Yeah, and also she was in that other show that was big this year as a realtor, and also in the uh, Old Navy commercials. She's had one hell of a year. Sounds like there was someone just fucking blazed racing in your neighborhood. Yeah, helicoptering my entire neighborhood, apparently. But uh, yeah, no, she's had a huge year. It's just, I, you know, obviously uh, Two Broke Girls came out a long time ago, and I watched it on cable. (laughs) And she apparently has revitalized her career since then. Well, good. Um, Yeah, I guess before we pivot to keep it on topic. Before we pivot to our top stuff, um, we should talk about some of our favorite movies and television shows. Nothing in order, although we should have probably formally done that, but you know, we had a lot of fucking lists to put together. But I thought there was a lot of original content uh, this year, specifically in film. And um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like we've had, you know, for all of your... How how amazing the new Spider-Man was, because how magical it was to have all three Spider-Man in it, or something like the Batman taking a direction into more of the detective realm and like a Seven-style uh, film with uh, The Dark Knight. We had a year where we had uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. We had a year that had the menu. I mentioned that Triple R movie. Um, you know, there's an Avatar film, too. hate to make something like that. But anyways... Uh, you know, it's it's been a pretty damn good year, I would say, uh, for film. There was that Nicolas Cage movie that was hilarious where he played himself. God damn it, I can't remember the name of that movie. Um, 
It was like something talent, but just just a bunch of fun films. Chris, does anything stick out to you? Uh, maybe Pearl, for that matter. Uh, anything stick out as far as film, cinema, cinema for this year? Uh, did Bullet Train come out this year or was that last year? It did. Bullet Train was great. I liked Clerks 3 a lot. If you like the other Clerks, you'll like Clerks 3. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, – what was it? The uh, the Christmas movie. It's by the same people that did Bullet Train. Jeez. Um, Violent Night? Called? Violent Night, yeah. I thought that was really good. Um, the Secret History of the Civil War I thought was really good. That's kind of a deep cut i like the elvis film a lot shout out to gary clark jr doing a lot of that soundtrack holy shit that guy's so good at guitar it makes me want to quit playing guitar um i like so, i just i just recently saw that that was a great movie by the way yeah it's great right like i enjoyed it way more than i thought i would um well i was, I was worried very surprised because he can make it kind of weird and sometimes his music choice even though i love fucking hip-hop he threw it a couple times in there, and I was like, okay. But he can—he didn't make it really a musical like I thought he would. It was more about like you know Elvis singing. But I, I really loved it. It was a spectacle. It was very cool. visually pleasing movie. Mine was like Tom Hanks's weird ass accent. That guy, uh, I love Tom Hanks. I think he's a great actor. He can't do a fucking accent to save his life. Every time he does an accent in a movie, it's terrible. Um, and he plays like a very important part in that movie, but the movie withstands without Tom Hanks. Uh, especially if you go back and you watch any of Elvis's manager from that time period. Like, I don't know what fucking, I know it's supposed to be like carny talk is what he's doing, but like the guy didn't talk in carny speak his entire career. He like kind of a Kentucky type accent. Uh, and Tom Hanks is like really focused in on one thing. That would be a complaint about that movie more than anything else. I liked, uh, I like scream a lot. I like that Beavis and Butthead do the universe. thought that was pretty funny. In fact, all hey, of Top the Gun Beavis and Butthead. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, man, you're fucking up. That was a great movie. For, yeah. for a sequel of something that came out years later, I can't believe that one was actually good. Uh, I also want to mention, I saw it recently, really fucking weird, stop motion, but uh, Guillermo del Toro's P- uh, Pinocchio, I would recommend. That was a fun movie. It was pretty cool. Um I didn't finish it, so I can't really comment too hard on it. Karen got really creeped out by <laughs> the the live action weird Pinocchio. I guess I don't know. It freaked her out, like the the way it was filmed, or I don't know. She was like, "I'm I'm out. I can't." <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, it's pretty good." So I need to go back and finish it. I got like halfway through it. So, um, but from what I saw, it was pretty pretty good. That's the uh, that's yeah. the Pinocchio, the Disney release of that Pinocchio film, right? The one that's on Disney Plus or whatever. I think so. Just making sure I'm not talking about a separate because because anyone can do Pinocchio, right? Because it's not a Disney story technically. Isn't that one of no. those weird free public domain? Yeah, that's a public domain one. So I'm just making sure. This one was on. Uh, I believe it. This is the. Uh... Gilmel Del Toro one. Okay, it's now speaking in my ear. Uh, it's It was on Netflix, so I don't know if there's a separate one on Disney, but this is definitely stop motion. So. Okay, weird. Yeah, I was thinking, this one's like live action um, that I'm thinking of. Hold on, let me click on it here. 
one minute and 45. That, no, I guess it is. So maybe they put it out on both. Yeah, I so we know. saw the same one. Oh, dude, it's Pinocchio, so I got to be sure because, like, uh, back in school, people were like, you see that new Pinocchio movie? And then you get, like, the bootleg one from, like, Kmart, you know? <laughs> it's not – it's, like uh, – <laughs> like a weird version of Pinocchio that no one else has seen. You try to talk about it. Yeah. It's like when I saw sleeping beauty two, have you ever seen that? No, but, uh, I, I remember some of the fucking weird offshoot Disney movies that came out back in the day. Um, but, uh, my favorite movie I think was Morbius. I'm last, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I actually, I actually, even as ridiculous as it was with the hot dog fingers, but the, I think, Everywhere all at once probably was my favorite. The menu was really a cool film that I enjoyed. Like I said, that RRR film's still sitting with me. It's three hours, but it is such a badass fucking action epic. Um, you wouldn't expect a Bollywood film to actually like resonate, but it's doing extremely well right now. So I think those are my my, my top three. The Batman would probably round that out. Um, yeah. Good stuff though. A lot of cool horror movies. Didn't I thought Nope was fine. I liked Smile. Uh, you know, unlike uh, you, obviously, but uh, wasn't anything that great. I thought there's a movie I almost forgot about. Um, Barbarian was fucking weird, original, and I remember just afterwards with my buddy just being like, "What the fuck was that?" But uh, in a, in a positive way. So I think that's it for me when it comes to like film. Uh, from this last year yeah i don't know if i have a top three i will say my favorite horror film from last year or at least new ones that i saw was sissy i liked that a lot and it's not getting a whole lot of love so you guys go check out sissy i thought it was a fucking give it some let's zeppelin people give it a whole lot of love uh, it's real fucking good um i like sonic 2 a lot as a guilty pleasure I like those okay. new Sonic movies. Those are pretty good. Um, but as far as like top rankings and stuff, I, I didn't. I didn't think about this headed into the show because I didn't know we were gonna do this. I like that Elvis movie a fuckload. Um, Me too. I I even for as fucked up as a lot of people thought it was, I like Blonde uh, with Anna DRMS about Marilyn Monroe. I thought it was a uh, interesting character study. I hated Skinnamarink. So any of you horror fans that want to fucking say that that was a good horror movie, ugh. I, I don't get it. It's like a David Lynch horror movie. David Lynch doesn't suck that bad. Fuck off. Uh, weird, the, the Al Yankovic story I thought was really, really good as far as a comedy goes. That was I that was that. super solid. Yeah, it's okay. it's definitely worth a watch. It's cool. I think it's on Roku for free. Um, so you can definitely just check it out. It's not. I don't even think it's on a streaming service. I think it's just out there <laughs> for in free world. But uh, yeah, that was a really great fucking movie. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's like, he just lies about everything that happened in his entire career. <laughs> Basically it's like a parody of his own career, which is kind of, kind of funny. Um, that one was really great. And trying to, I'm trying to think like a skin of I haven't seen yet. Yet got pumped up by me. And then you said, Chris, don't worry about paying to see that. Cause it's don't pay trash. to see it, but if you want to <laughs> see it, you should see it. If you want to, you might actually like it. I just, I don't know. It's very dark. Uh, I'm not going to get into that that film. It just kind of annoyed me afterwards. Uh, but two horror movies I did like, X from Ty West with Jenna Ortega that I was talking about earlier. 
um, and a great cast of people. And then it's prequel Pearl, which ended up being, I think, way better acted um, than X. Both of those were excellent. Ty West is now another horror director that I think is going to do big things in a film. Uh, just period. Not just horror. So good shit, A24, for having that eye, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I guess I, if I had to pick a favorite thing I saw uh, film-wise this year, I, I I love the shit out of Bullet Train. I thought you were going to say Halloween, the new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I liked that more than I should. Uh, now, I, I did tell you about that weird Blu-ray supercut that's like four hours long where they just take out see a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to buy that uh, <laughs> where they just make it one movie. I, I kind of want to see what they do with that, but yeah, like I don't know. I liked it. It's fine. It's it wasn't great. I expected more. I definitely did expect a weird love interest that pretends to be Michael Myers. We're like on the fringe of like a uh, you know Jason. Like what is it? What 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 the fuck is that guy's name from Lost Boys? Where he dresses up like Jason. Remember at the end, he's like, "Oh, look, I look like you because I do special effects makeup." And Jason's like, "Oh no, look, it's me as a child." It's like, is that a uh, fuck? What is that? Uh, Friday Thirteenth Four. Um, Corey, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. There you go. Yeah, fuck. He has that band with angels that dance around him and he rides on a Segway. Y'all remember that? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> but yeah that's how it kind of felt is like you know he he saves a week kind of well they try to do something like i don't know i feel like there is a good way to tell the story that they were trying to tell except for it was shoved into a michael myers movie it was called like halloween ends <laughs> you know like I, I don't know they 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 got too up their own ass on making a michael myers film but the story they were trying to tell of like, I guess the demon can pass on to someone else is what I thought they were going for. But then they just fucking kill the guy. Spoiler alert. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. That that shit went out like a wet fart for me. Even though I I still love I I loved it because another Michael Myers film and I'm a fucking fanboy. But uh, yeah, bad, not good. Hated it. Two thumbs down. There you go. Up there with Orphan uh, First Kill or whatever the fuck that weird-ass goddamn horror prequel was. Um, yeah, but, you know, there you go. I think that was a, a good reflection, Chris. Any 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 sick TV shows you've been into? I've been really into uh, that George and Tammy show. It's pretty fucking good. Michael Shannon's great. Surprise. What came out this year that I was obsessed with? Um, because last year was like the more, more shows that squid games, obviously, and fucking yellow jackets first season. So I don't know. Cobra Kai was all right this year. Uh, TV. I think I went back and watched stuff that wasn't out. And, um, for the most part, but yeah, I guess euphoria, I could count that, uh, Wednesday. I really like that show. Like I said, um, nothing, nothing is screaming out at me right now, but maybe I'll scream something randomly. Like I'm having a night terror later on while we're, uh, you know, doing something completely different. I like the, yeah. I like the flight. I like the flight attendant a lot, Thought that was a fucking pretty good show. Um, or the second season, I should say, I'm surprised they did a second season season of that show, but it seems like they're going to continue it. Um, 
And then the one with the French chef, the female French chef. I can't think of her fucking name right now. She's very, oh, talks like this. Very high, kind of weird fucking, I don't know. Anyways, I like that a lot, too. <laughs> but I can't think of the name of the show right now. Okay. Um, dark side. The, the uh, rocks, dark side territories thing. Tales from the territories. Yeah, that sucks. That was bad. I liked it. Did you? <laughs> I guess I just I like liked I like learning better. about the specific uh, guys that were over in specific territories. Some of them I didn't really know too much details about, so it was cool to find out some information. But you hated I, it mostly because they they did the reenactment scenes, which I actually like because it kind of I thought showed some of the stuff more visually. Yeah, it's uh, some of the cooler episodes were when they did like Polynesian Pro and stuff that I haven't seen. Um, I don't need yep. a reenactment of Jerry the King Lawler doing anything, really. Um, but yeah, there was some interesting stuff there. I just kind of, I don't know. There's still a lot you can do with Dark Side of the Ring, and uh, well, it it, it, it felt. It felt more like a round table, kind of like what they used to do, which I, I love. That was like, you should just do that. But that show was very different than what they were doing. Well, actually, I say very different, but kind of the same. Um, the old WWE on demand stuff, even before the WWE Network, they used to have those round tables. And I think you could still find or used to be able to find them on the network. I don't know if they're still there, but it'd be like Jim Ross, Desi Rhodes, uh, Pat Patterson. Michael P.S. Hayes, and they would just sit down and talk about a territory or talk about a specific wrestler or talk about a specific type of story in wrestling. And that's kind of what this was, but not as I, I guess that's what threw me off about it. it. It was filmed like Dark Side, but it wasn't Dark Side. So try to think of other other television stuff. I can't can't really think. Try I know I was watching shit. I mean, I know it's been taking me forever to watch all the Marvel stuff, and I had, like, a horror fucking, you know, fest where I was watching a shitload of horror from, like, late August all the way until the end of October. Um, but shows-wise, I think, yeah, I kind of listed them. If I if I figure out anything, maybe I'll mention it later. 1923 is pretty good. Uh, I loved The Offer. We, we talked about this on that show previously. Oh, I, yeah, I did like The Offer. That was a good that's, shit. It's fucking great. Want to see the end of that because we're still not technically finished with that. Um, I mean, I guess they could. Shorzy was great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I just completely missed. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of catch up this year too, which doesn't help. <laughs> but those are ones that I know that came out uh, this year that I really enjoyed. All right. So. We usually save best wrestler for last. Uh, before we do that, though, not a lot that happened news-wise. I think the biggest thing that happened, Ronda Rousey has a match last night on SmackDown um, against uh, Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, and good match, actually. It was one of, one of uh, Ronda's better matches this year, believe it or not. Uh, but they have a long match. She beats her um, with help a little bit from uh, from uh, God, the Queen of Spades. I can't remember what her name is right now. Uh, help me out, Chris. Um, Shanna Baszler. Sony Deville. Oh, Shanna Baszler. <laughs> Why did I say Sony Deville? My bad. <laughs> Shanna Baszler. Yes. <laughs> um, 
But afterwards, making her return with a little bit new uh, theme music, kind of her old but like more epic sounding, if you will. Charlotte Flair comes to the ring, gets in Ronda's face, says if she was a real champion, she'd go against her right now. Uh, Shayna Baszler with reasonings like, don't listen to her. This is stupid. Like, why would you go after her or after this match? Ronda is clearly the heel and they are cheering for Charlotte Flair, which was fucking weird. Uh, Ronda accepts the match, getting too egotistical about it. And at one part, she gets her in an armbar. Charlotte flips the armbar over and actually rolls her up. Three count. Gets the title, goes in the audience, and everyone is cheering with Charlotte Flair. Uh, that's how much I think people don't like uh, Ronda Rousey. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I think I've seen Charlotte do this like three times in the past. <laughs> yeah. What, what's weird is like this is a – that's a heel storyline. She waits till Ronda had her match, right? Ronda wins her match after a long fought victory and then comes out and challenges her. That's like John Cena is a babyface storyline, but Ronda's the heel here. Uh, and they threw some interference in there to kind of blur the lines a little bit, but it, it's kind of a weird storyline to bring Charlotte back on. Uh, but I guess, you know, she's champion. So whatever, how many times she held that fucking belt? I know they subtracted like, but they subtracted all the NXT and Diva titles from her so she wouldn't catch Rick too too far. She's this she was thirteen, yeah, this is four, fourteen Rick. times or some shit. Fourteen. So technically with her NXT and her the ones that they won't count, which is so <laughs> stupid. Um she's she's passed her dad's fake record, who actually has twenty because they don't count certain titles uh within the NWA that would become obviously within the WWE um, because he won them in Puerto Rico and shit, and they don't count that. So, yeah, both of them with fake records, but doing really well with their records. That being said, I'm really happy to see Charlotte back. I don't know that I care about seeing her and Ronda feud necessarily, but uh, that's going to be the storyline. I mean, it it sets up for her and Ronda and then her and Becky, right? I mean, that's the... No, I might go Bianca before Becky with Bianca and Charlotte, that seems like a really uh, – I, I know they've done it before. Let's run that back, though. That seems like a really good uh, good feud there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, cool, cool stuff, I guess. I, I hated the way she won the title. I feel like it was kind of like why – well, why one, why waste her and not advertise her as coming back? Like why not save that for a pay-per-view kind of thing? Or I don't, I don't know. I – Whatever WWE does, WWE going WWE. Uh, I may have saved that because they're you know with all the shit that's going on with Andrade and you know them constantly kind of being in the news. I may I may have made that a bigger thing for like a pay per view, just to have her come here and do a roll of victory to set up your next pay per view seems kind of odd. But I'm glad Charlotte's back. She's healthy. Uh, she adds a lot to that SmackDown roster, which is kind of just Shotzi and Ronda. At this point, because Sheena is kind of Ronda's bodyguard, I guess. Yeah, she's essentially her heavy, if you will. Her, her, what, what, what the hell do they call Diesel and then China? Uh, <laughs> Which is just baffling because it's like if, if it's, like, it's like if Diesel needed Sid to be his heavy, kind of like <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> Forgot what their oh their insurance policy that's what she is. 
for for Ronda. Like Ronda needs that. You know. Yeah, I mean, you get what I'm saying though. It's like if yeah. Lex was like, "Yo, Yoko, you're my heavy. <laughs> Take care of my light work." I guess. I don't know. It's just weird because Ronda's entire character is like, "I'm a fucking badass." That is a former MMA. She's Brock Lesnar. She's female Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Why is this yep. hard to book? <laughs> like, I don't. I mean, I get them doing something with – like, if they wanted to do something with Baszler because they were friends or whatever, like, they could have them do a tag team thing and then feud against each other. That That's the – that would make sense, but uh, they're overcomplicating this. And, like, Charlotte coming out as a babyface is not what I think they wanted. Like I said, they overcomplicated this, I think, to see how the fans in the building reacted to who they would cheer for. Because Charlotte's better as a heel in general, um, and, and 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 fucking Ronda currently is a heel, so I guess they just like threw the ball up in the air and it's like wherever it lands. Um, yeah, Shayna's gonna mean absolutely nothing to the storyline unless they unless they somehow do some kind of weird storyline with Charlotte where she convinces Shayna that you know Ronda's always overshadowed her and you need to be part of my basically the Dana Brooke kind of thing they did with Charlotte in the past. She's not really your friend. Um which is terrible. Don't do if that. We, honestly, if we could t- well the thing is if if you could hook that up and <laughs> do Ronda versus Shayna for their own personal thing and have, you know, a better opponent for whoever the champs are, whether it be Bianca or Charlotte or whoever gets those titles up before WrestleMania. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I don't need Ronda in the title picture is what I'm saying. If I don't need Ronda in the title picture. Um, but you know, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte's not a baby face, right? So she was, she was, cheered because know. people hate Rhonda. <laughs> I don't I don't know that it makes her a baby face. <laughs> Dude, it's weird. And then the online people, it's like, oh, everyone is now a Rhonda fan. You guys are the ones complaining about Charlotte. Jesus fucking Christ. They're like, Rhonda got screwed. It's like, shut the fuck up. No shit. <laughs> yeah. That was the point of it. It's Charlotte. But you like people dislike Charlotte so much or the other way around that they will you know, it's just funny. Wrestling fans are funny. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte's Charlotte's great, great female wrestler, and uh, like, more of my problem is the storyline. I don't even think Ronda's that bad. I've seen Jade Cargill matches, Dane. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shots fired. PWI top five, really, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she didn't make my top ten. Anyways, uh, so I think that was pretty much it, man. Um, I think we should continue on to these countdowns. Alrighty, uh, let's do let's do uh, let's do matches first. Um, like we said, we'll do matches and we'll do tag teams. Then we will do female wrestlers and male wrestlers. All right. Now, as I told you, <laughs> I I had to make a top ten, man. I just had too many matches I liked that I couldn't like just get it down to five. Um, yeah, which made me make a top 10, which <laughs> increased, uh, increased the amount of wrestling I watched last night. <laughs> well, that's good. That that can't be a bad thing. I was doing the same thing, watching a lot of highlights, trying to watch some of the matches in full. Uh, but you know, I went through different websites, uh, got some of their opinions and was able to go, Oh yeah, I remember that. And then went back and then watched them. And I'm pretty happy with my top 10. 
uh, although I'm pretty sure I missed a shit ton of matches uh, just in general. Uh, but I think I can be happy with this top 10. So do you want to do it? I think we did this last time where it's it's uh, twos. We, we, you know, 10 and 9, 8 and 7, 6 and 5, and then we do the top four by themselves. Sounds great. All right. Well, if that's the case, my number 10 was at AEW Revolution. Dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. Absolutely brutal. Um, just a fun match. Probably, honestly, my favorite match. I want to say both those guys uh, this last year. MJF might have surpassed that. I got to think about it more. Not, I don't think <laughs> Is so. that the only match they had last year? Because they both were fucking gone for a long time. There was, that is time. true. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that's a good point. Um, but this was definitely a brutal, badass, old school match that we were talking about. And it was just part of their feud, not even with the title involved at the time. And then uh, number nine, number nine, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, the G1 Climax Finals, uh, badass match. And just like Wrestle Kingdom, which was also an awesome match between him and Will Ospreay, the the new ace, oh my god, I said it, uh, Okada got another G1 victory, um, which is leading now to this Wrestle Kingdom against Jay White, who got the title against Okada, but... Those are my two, CM Punk versus MJF at AEW Revolution, dog collar match, and Kazushika Okada, Will Ospreay at New Japan G1 Climax Finals. Chris, what do you got for 10 and 9? I have Osprey versus Naito on Battle Autumn Day, which was uh, at the beginning of November. It was a great fucking match. Naito is back in full form. Um, there's not really any kind of repercussions from that match, but it was just a, a fucking great match. So I had it on my list. Uh, the next one I have is Jordan Grace versus Masa uh, Samovich title versus streak, which was at overdrive. I think is the name of that, that TNA pay-per-view or impact pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I should say that was a fucking great match. Um, maybe if it wasn't for some of these great stardom matches would be my favorite female match of the entire year. All right. I don't think people are going to be able to believe this um, because they don't probably believe that I'm a fan of Orange Cassidy, but I am. And I thought <laughs> I thought this might have been the best match of the night when we had uh, the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay fucking killed it. Uh, awesome match. A lot of fun. Still well put together. At the same time, and believable, it's like it, the whole thing is Orange Cassidy completely was um, put to the side by Will Ospreay. He didn't really think anything of him, and then when that happened, they collided. And both their speed, uh, but also where they can go in the match, uh, it was a lot of fun. Number seven, completely different match. It's still one of my favorite matches of this year at WWE Clash at the Castle. Gunther and Sheamus beat the living fuck out of each other. Uh, they started, I think, the whole entire thing. And don't get me wrong, Roman and 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 um, and uh, Drew McIntyre had a great fucking match to close things out. 
but I thought Sheamus and uh, Gunther was the match at that pay-per-view. So Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door, Sheamus versus Gunther at Clash at the Castle. It sucks that we didn't rank pay-per-views because Clash at the Castle might have been pretty up there for me because it was a good-ass pay-per-view. That match is on my list, too. Uh, it's further up as a spoiler alert. But uh, for my eight and seven, I got Moxley versus Jericho at Quake at the Lake. thought that was a really, really fun match. Uh, very brawl-type match, but it's Moxley versus Jericho. It's pretty good, right? Um, and then for my number seven, I have Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes in the ladder match that sent Cody on his way, gave Sammy the title. What happened after that, uh, booking wise and fan wise with Sammy's weird female situation or whatever that has nothing to do with wrestling that everyone got pissed off about. I don't care, but the fucking match itself was great. And uh, Sammy and Cody worked their asses off. I actually probably should have that match a little higher, but that was a damn good match. And I think it's easy to forget because it happened in January of last year before he went to WWE. But damn, Cody Rhodes uh, put Sammy over like a like a fucking a million bucks in that match. And it sucks, like kind of what happened the rest of the year with Sammy. But uh, yeah. That was a great fucking match. Yeah, that was a great match. And those, those both, the quick at the lake match too, were, uh, it's hard, it's hard cutting stuff out. I have, I'll, you know, including these ones that we're talking about, if I don't make certain things on his list or vice versa, I'm sure we're going to forget stuff. So we'll definitely do an honorable mention thing for most of these categories after we're done with uh, each one. So let's continue down my list. We are at six and five, uh, both AEW matches. Uh, the first one being Hangman Page and Brian Danielson, January 5th, shortly right after, start of the year, at AEW Dynamite. These guys killed each other. <laughs> Actually, I thought Brian Danielson was dead at certain parts. They were bleeding, especially um, Adam Page and... <laughs> Just <laughs> did, did you yell that man's got a family, damn it, at any point in time when Brian Danielson was getting kicked in the fucking head? Because I did. Yeah, man. Uh, surprised that JR didn't say it, seriously. Oh, Lord. But then also, and these are kind of two matches, but it's kind of hard not to put them together a little bit. The Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory. First at All Out, where they didn't win, and the place was kind of like whispers when Swerve and Our Glory won at All Out. And then when they actually did win uh, shortly in New York City, I forgot the name of that big show, but the one that's, uh, you know, the big New York show they do um, every year. But the pop, uh, just the audience being so into it, and then the acclaim kind of taking themselves and putting them on a high tier when there is so many good fucking tag teams out right now that have been around for a lot longer that have built themselves, they got themselves over to a very, very high level and, you know, might be the reason why they, they, they make my uh, my tag team list if they do. But, yeah, Hangman <laughs> Page and Brian Danielson, uh, their AEW Dynamite match January 5th, the Acclaim, Swerving Our Glory, the two matches, All Out. And the New York show that I am kind of forgetting right now uh, off the top of my head. Chris, what do you got for your six and five? Yeah, that 
so I think that that jaded that that would be an honorable mention for me is the pay-per-view match they had, but not necessarily the match where they won the titles. So I know you combine those two, but I, I'll I'll have that I have that as an honorable mention because um, I thought they did a good job of. I would have gave the acclaim the title at that pay-per-view as opposed to waiting. I know why they waited because they're from New York, so they wanted to do a big thing. But uh, the match at the pay-per-view was better than yep. the uh, dynamite match, which is at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I don't, yeah, I don't know what gimmick what name they, they had for the it? show. I don't remember. But that was but the, yeah, uh, the all-out is the one you think about. But the fact they got the titles the next time was pretty awesome, too. But, yeah, yeah. the all-out match was fucking just very well put together. All right. My number six is Walter versus Sheamus at that weird uh, battle for the castle or whatever the hell it was. They beat the absolute dog shit out of each other. It was great. Um, Seamus actually shows up on my list twice. No, no. The, uh, Drew was the battle of the castle. Seamus is on my list twice, which shows how good fucking Seamus is. Cause, or shows how good he is working with the people that he likes. I should say, cause, uh, this Walter versus Seamus match, I don't, I don't have the exact date in front of me. The first one they did, um, where they ran off all of their friends <laughs> and just beat the ever loving fuck out of each other was great. It was a very old school. It was like uh, watching Bruiser Brody and Andre the Giant chop the shit out of each other for the first five (laughs) minutes of the match, which was great. Uh, My number five is Siri versus uh, Mayu Iwatani at the World Climax in March, which was a title match in stardom. Great fucking match. If if you like um, Japanese female wrestling, they pretty much gave you an absolute five-star classic in – did everything you would want to see. And uh, I wanted to have a female match on my list. And that one is a lot better than some of the other. Well, actually I have two. I did good this year, Dane, but that's one to uh, mark down. If you haven't seen it, uh, Siri versus uh, Iwatani world climax match. Fucking phenomenal. It's like 30 minutes long though. So just a heads up, <laughs> you gotta get some popcorn or something before you sit down and watch that one. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll be doing the next four just by themselves. This is the top four. Number four. If you would have told me. <laughs> uh, shit, after WrestleMania or even after SummerSlam, where he improved and showed growth as a wrestler, but only being in the business for a very small amount of time. That Logan Paul would be number four in a match. I would tell you to go fuck yourself. And especially even though I think Roman Reigns is really good and he's had a bunch of great matches. His one with Seth Rollins, another match that I really enjoyed at Royal Rumble last year. You you just don't think that this is going to be as epic of a match. And it was almost like a modern Shawn Michaels against a Triple H type of opponent. And these guys kicked the shit out of each other. Logan Paul is so damn natural on the mic. He's getting taught by Shawn Michaels and some of the top people within the WWE. He has a shit ton of potential. He's injured right now, which is why he's out. But I would like to see more of him, and I'm hoping that he's not going to be injured by WrestleMania. Love to see him go against Cody. I'd love to see him go against John Cena. There's an array of opponents that at one time you said, hey, do you want to see Logan? I'll tell you to go, just shut, the, shut up. But now, dude, that match was so entertaining. Uh, Saudi Arabia, 
Logan Paul, Roman Reigns at the Crown Jewel for the title. The build-up, the, sh- the, t- the, the shit-talking, uh, bringing his brother into it to kind of counter the bloodline. I thought they did a great job, and it was just a spectacle. So, once again, like I said, Logan Paul, he's uh, – he, he's as far as someone coming out of wrestling or into wrestling from a different field and picking it up, He's what Pat McAfee was in 2021, late uh, 2020. He really is. And he's had less matches. So I don't have uh, that on my list, but it should be an honorable mention because it was a really surprisingly good match. And, um, yeah, when we talked about it, we did the preview for that. And they were like, hey, Logan Paul's coming in. Uh, He is the table, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I would – it's because of how good how good Pat did that I didn't shoot it down because I sh- we both shot Pat down. We were like, fuck that. Fuck this podcasting ex-punter guy. But he came in. He's like, holy shit, bro. I know how to work. Like, I got trained by Rip Rogers. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it was weird. But that's the new way WWE does celebrities. It's like these people actually want to be there. And it seems like they work their asses off. And. Uh, holy shit, dude. Paul brother had a great match with Roman. I mean, Roman's a good guy to put in the ring with somebody like that. Right. I mean, I would say like the Miz and maybe Ziggler, um, for just like simplifying that WWE style. If you, you want to do that kind of match, but, uh, it was a great fucking match, really entertaining. And one of my, one of my favorite shots of this year, wrestling wise is the shot they got of, uh, Logan Paul coming off to do the phenomenal forearm and fucking Roman, he, he, he spears him, but it's right before he spears him and they're about to like collide like two warriors. Uh, really good shit. I, I just have, I can't believe he fucking made four with Roman Reigns. Crazy. <laughs> also, I am a sucker for Logan Paul's Charizard in a case hanging around his neck. That's pretty fucking good. As far as like wearing bling around your neck. Very good. That's that bling, man. Uh, My number four is more traditional. I have Okada versus Osprey G1 Finals. We've seen the match. Incredible match. It is. It's a fucking great match. If you like Okada, you like Will Osprey. It's it's uh, not not as eccentric as Roman <laughs> versus the Pauls. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the Pauls because the other Paul brother does come out at the end. But uh, great fucking match. Really good. We're going to run it back here in, God, Dane, five days? We got G1 coming up? Or no, we got Russell Kingdom coming up? Sasha Banks is going to be there? <sighs> Russell Kingdom, man, I'm looking forward to it. It starts, dude, it starts Monday, right? Isn't it Monday and Tuesday or some shit? No, no, oh, no. It's, it's, the it's fourth. two days, but it's the 4th and it's also the 21st, which is fucking weird. I don't know why they're doing it that this, 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 uh, this year, but uh, dude, the 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 Forts lineup looks awesome. I'm looking forward to Shinsuke and fucking. Um, I'll, I'll try to find it either tonight or tomorrow night. It's him and Muda, for us like Noah. That should be fucking awesome. Uh, good stuff going on in Japan, Chris. As always. Always. Uh, but yeah, that was my that was my number four. Like I said, you kind of already talked about it, so there wasn't a ton to say. Uh, number three. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania. It's kind of hard not to mention the Hell in the Cell. 
just because of how much of a badass Cody was for doing that and kind of, I don't know, stupid because that had to have been fucking horribly painful. But I really liked their WrestleMania match. I thought it was awesome. The reaction of Cody coming out to his music. You, it's like a homecoming, but it's the AEW guy. But people just accepted him and sang his music with him. And Seth Rollins kind of caught that open challenge he had. Seth's development this whole entire year of someone so fucking annoying to actually making himself like, this is who Seth Rollins is. This was a part of that, I think, that path. Because he figured <laughs> it out even as a heel during this of how to do that. And then it just excelled. And I think he's, he's done great, but uh, yeah, at the beginning of the year and last year, I just want nothing to do with Seth, honestly, for the new heel version, but this helped it out. Uh, and Cody solidified himself as a top person within the WWE. So that is my number three. I'm still kind of that way with, with Seth and, and their matches on my list, by the way. Uh, but I have it higher than you <laughs> actually <laughs> my number three. I got drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Sheamus takes an absolute ass beating in this match. It was like 20 minutes long gets a huge crowd response after taking a loss stands in the middle of the ring. looks like he's about to cry. I thought he was going to retire. Um, the amount of emotion in this match and how well those two guys worked together was fucking great. I think that was the battle at the castle. I, I confused the uh, the Gunter and Drew matches, I believe. That was the battle at the castle match. No, fucking great match. Drew, Drew had an awesome match with uh, Roman that night for the title. And a lot of people thought right last minute that he might win, and obviously Roman won. But I know what match you're talking about. I don't. Maybe it was a SummerSlam? Was it was it a Saudi match? I don't remember, but I they, they like killed a, each other. Yeah, it was a great, great match. Hold on, let me just we'll Google this real quick, just so everyone out there listening can go watch it if they haven't seen it. Uh, Donny Brook match. Just look up Donny Brook match. You'll find it. Um, it was great. Seamus uh, has made my list twice. He's on my list more than anyone else. Hmm. Well, not technically, because we'll get to number one here in a bit. <laughs> but... oh, you might have a similar number one as me, <laughs> I think. Uh, all right, so number two. Uh, it's There were a lot of good matches on WrestleMania. Pat McAfee, Austin Theory had a great match. Uh, Bianca and fucking... Becky also had arguably one of the better matches that uh, whole entire thing. Uh, we talked about Cody and and uh, and uh, Seth Rollins. Roman had a good match with Brock. There was a lot of good stuff, but the one that stood out to me the most, and I can't fucking not mention because it brought back, you know, me being a kid like Sting did previously uh, as of recently. Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin. WrestleMania, the brawl, you know, Austin taking fucking backdrop suplexes on the concrete, him and Kevin just destroying each other, and then the great ending with Kevin going to hit the chair against the fucking rope, nailing himself in the head, and then stunner, one, two, three, Steve Austin has a final, final match, and for some reason I don't think it's going to be very final, 
But if it is, it was a great match for him to go out on. Uh, more so his terms than, you know, that last match at Rock where he was riddled with anxiety and didn't want to quit um, or, or retire, you know, kind of was forced to. Uh, this was fun. The whole talking segment beforehand. They could have done a little bit more building up to it instead of just Kevin coming out and talking shit about Texas constantly. They could have had Austin interact with them, maybe even over the fucking, you know, from a different location, talking shit, something. But the match itself was magical, and they didn't have to do a hell of a lot. It was an Austin match, Kevin Owens. I mean, he makes my top ten, and it's not like he won a bunch. He lost to Steve Austin, but it's like, no, 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 no. He lost to fucking Steve Austin potentially on his last match. So, yeah, that's why it's number two for me, Chris. <laughs> I I guess this is going to be an honorable mention to me. I didn't even think about it as a match, but it was a match. Uh, it was great seeing Steve back for sure. And uh, Kevin Owens took a lot of L's this year. You know, the last time he won, I looked this up earlier when I was making my top 10 male roster superstars. Do you know the last match Kevin Owens won? What month it was of this year? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. March. He didn't win. Le- well, he won last night, but it was because John Cena got the win over Sammy. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I did this before SmackDown last night, <laughs> but yeah, it no, was no, I, March. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, that that takes nothing away with how good fucking Kevin Owens is. But I'm just saying March. Jesus Christ. That's not even 50-50 booking at that point. <laughs> that's, Dol- that's Dolph Ziggler booking, buddy. Uh, my number two was Hell in a Cell, Cody versus Seth. Uh, everyone knew Cody was hurt going into the match. He put on one hell of a fucking match with Seth being hurt in the crowd. I think what made the match for me was how behind Cody the crowd was. Like, uh, the emotion of the crowd itself made the match exceed what they had at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania match was a better match, like worked-wise. Um, but considering how limited Cody was and how behind, like behind, uh, behind him the crowd was, it was fucking phenomenal. It's something you don't really see. And, and Cody has had some of these matches. Um, I, I would say another example was him versus Dustin. Um, where it's not like the in-ring work was that great. It's more about the emotion of the match and the crowd and, and everything else that goes into it. It's a fucking great match. That's my number two is uh, Cody versus Seth. Uh, Hell in a Cell dog collar, I want to say. Didn't they have collars on? No, no. But it was – oh, wait. No, I think it was a dog collar. I don't yeah, remember, but it was fucking they put brutal. A, they put a, yeah, they put a gimmick on a gimmick because Cody could only work with one arm. <laughs> which actually made sense in this, like in the situation that they normally WWE doesn't make any sense, but in this case it, it did. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Seth coming out with the fucking polka dot pants and trying to rip Cody's broken arm off, which was the opposite, but his opposite side, but uh, great. Just all psychology. Just, I, I loved it. It was very old school. And if you're an old school wrestling fan, there's no way you could watch that match and be like, this sucks. <laughs> And if you did, just stop watching wrestling because you just apparently don't like things because it was fucking great. Yeah. 
Seth gave you the high spots. They gave you in-ring psychology. They gave you mat work. They gave you collars. They gave you hell in a cell. What what more do you want? <laughs> do you want them to shoot each other at the end of the match? Like, jeez. No, they uh, want fact, someone to bring out a giant mallet and hit them in the head with it. If it wasn't for how fucking good <laughs> the, the, the people I have in number one were, that would have been my number one from last year. And the number one, I think for both me and Chris, I think I can specifically say, the trilogy of matches between FTR and the Briscoes. Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, April 1st. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, uh, July 23rd. And Ring of Honor, Final Battle, a year after they attacked the Briscoes, initially December 10th, putting over the Briscoes. Uh, These guys... We're able to hype this up without fucking television most of the time, especially the Briscoes. <laughs> Just be able to do it themselves and put shit on YouTube, you know? And they sold all three of these matches. These are two of the best tag teams, period. I don't want to hear shit from anyone. And they brought out three of the best matches in both of their tag team careers. Arguably, maybe their best, if you really... I don't know enough of the, the Briscoes' past to even make that opinion. But it's definitely three of their best, I would say. So, uh, I mean, come on. You went from you went from a traditional tag match to the hardcore to the double dog collar. Lots of dog collars this year. Uh, but all of them are good. So, <laughs> whatever. They're just brutal, awesome fucking wrestling. And even when they're brawling, they're bringing psychology back to it. Chris, was this one of the best trilogies? Is this the best set of matches since Okada and Omega. Easily, easily. And definitely the best set of like uh set of matches tag team wise. I mean, the only thing I could really compare it to of recent memory would be Uso's New Day. Yeah. When they ended in the hell, hell in a Cell and this is better than that. Not not taking anything away from that because I think that was on our best matches. That Hell in a Cell with Uso's and New Day, which was there like three um this was just something we never thought we were we would see right and the way they built that storyline and uh them boys being out there like top five dead or alive while ftr and the commentary is, in the commentary great um actually you know there could be an argument be to be made that that should just be aew's commentating team completely just erase all. I, I love Taz, but uh, Ian Riccoboni is pretty goddamn good. I'm just saying. Yeah, Ian, <laughs> he's pretty good, man. But uh, I like the first match the best. And I've watched these Me too. multiple times. I like the first match the best. The third match was also great. I don't think there is a wrong... <laughs> I don't. This is like the Kenny Omega versus Okada thing. There's not a wrong answer. They're all fucking good. Let's just watch them all. That's that's what would happen if an argument happened in my house. I'd be like, we could just watch them all. We just watch. Them. It's kind of one of those things. Um, fucking brilliant. Um, Jay and Dax specifically, and their little feud and their interactions in the ring. Uh. The intensity is very much Sean and Brett, except they don't actually hate each other, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> it's believable. Like, when those two, like, butt heads and they get in each other's face, you, you really believe Jay wants to kill that guy and Dax wants to kill him. 
or put him down. So anytime those two guys are within each other and, and Mark and cat uh, cash is there, dude, he's like, uh, I, he's, he's like a constant. He's like carrying a lot of the match that you don't think about, but he's so good. And, and Mark is there as like a entertainment guy. They just work so fucking perfect together. Like easily the best tag team feud I have seen in years and years and years and years and years. Like, can you think of one better you've seen in the past 15 years? Nope. Uh, maybe bucks versus the Lucha brothers. Not so, this one doesn't even. I would say this this excels fucking Bucks and Hardys before uh, Hardys came back. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything, man, that's gone to this level of just great matches over a course of time. Jay Briscoe um, pouring out fancy tequila. <laughs> oh, God, that was such a rude thing. God, what's what's Jay Briscoe doing? Does he not understand that's really expensive? And I I, I, I bought you this. <laughs> Fuck your tequila, dog. Gah! Reese for the sky, boy. <laughs> Good shit, man. Uh, this is the best. FTR and it's not even close. They had the best matches. They had three of them. The only thing that on my list that's comparable is Seamus because he hit my top ten twice. So let's put fucking you know if if, if FTR if Briscoes could never actually be on TV. <laughs> while being in AEW, WWE signed them. Make them like Sheamus's backup crew. Let's get that going. <laughs> the one Irish guy with two crazy rednecks. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, two events. I mean, there was a bunch this year. Don't get me wrong. But I think two of the biggest, Chris, would have been for the two companies. We had... Vince McMahon having to step down as, you know, owner CEO of of now he's still a majority share, but now he can't be the uh, in charge at all, including the booking. And Triple H is now in that position. We've had I think a lot of good. There's still some things to be fixed, but Raw and SmackDown for the most part has been a lot of way more entertaining, longer fun matches. Between competitors, you don't normally see go against each other. Uh, good title matches, including the one that we had recently with Ricochet and uh, and uh, Gunther on SmackDown. Uh, and good storyline, including the biggest one, obviously, with the Bloodline. Then you look over at everything that's happened on AEW, negative and positive, the rise of MJF, everything with CM Punk, John Moxley stick coming up and becoming champion, going back to MJF. Uh, it's been a crazy year in wrestling. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because of those two events specifically. CM Punk gets hurt. He comes back, cuts the promo on uh, Hangman, and then we have the interview and the brawl, and he gets hurt again. So even if all that shit doesn't happen, because we've talked about it a bazillion times, the press conference and the fight or whatever, he would have been out for eight months. So AEW's timeline was fucked in general. Even going into the New Japan show, Punk was hurt because uh, he broke his like what he broke something in his foot doing a, a stage dive or a crowd dive, right? Yep. And then really so, fucked it up. So um, AEW's 
And then they had injury after injury after injury leading up to the New Japan, their big crossover pay-per-view for the first time, which sucked. And then on the WWE side of things, Vince McMahon, <laughs> which is crazy because Vince, Vince McMahon's story is way worse than CM Punk's story. <laughs> oh, yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk is a pissed off employee. They got into fisticuffs. Vince McMahon is at best someone that molested a bunch of people at worst a rapist <laughs> you know what i mean like they're not <laughs> these are not things to compare if you're if you're a wwe fan and a, only wwe fan and aw fan you guys have these arguments there's no like vince mcmahon's a terrible person <laughs> it's been out there for a long time you but now with that. vince with vince gone and he really is maybe we joked and said that he might start his own organization we'll see how that goes but triple h now has brought people back to wwe uh really kind of taken over with with SummerSlam specifically um and also being in the mix more when vince when this whole entire thing was going on before vince stepped down uh and we see wrestlers even crazy wanting to go back to wwe the first one being Cody fucking Rhodes before even Triple H takes over, who we never thought, well, you know, one of the fucking founders of this whole entire thing, kind of the, the, the flag waver in a lot of ways from the four execs, Chris, and Cody comes over to WWE, and with Triple H taking over later, it seems like now it's an even playing field again. Um, if not, maybe tipping over to WWE a little bit. Uh, now that we know Vince is gone. Fucking yeah, crazy. They're, they're never going to tell us why Cody actually left, but we're going to have to go off rumors and say that he was kind of in the CM Punk camp of maybe he didn't really get along with the Bucks at Kenny as much as uh, was there, especially with the way he was being booked. I'm going to say that. I don't know if you want to go on record of saying that, but <laughs> Cody no. didn't just one day and just be like, oh, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I I think you're right. I think there's something to that, honestly. Um, But there's also – it's back and forth, obviously. We've talked about that. There's a lot of egos in wrestling, and if there was a lot of animosity, I will say that Cody, I think, handled it really well and didn't throw anyone under the bus, didn't tell any of the details, and just kept to himself and just evolved over to WWE, and everyone was pretty nice with him on the way out as well. Didn't say anything and put Sammy Guevara – over really hard on yep. his way out. So uh, good for Cody. But yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the biggest surprise of the year, right? Cody flip-flopping. Yeah. That was, Crazy. I mean, that was nuts. But uh, yeah, Triple H taking over, like, I guess I kind of just always assumed it would happen. So it wasn't that. <laughs> I just thought Vince would eventually die. <laughs> really? Not that what happened with Vince would happen. I just assumed that he would just one day die. Cause he lives until him. like 91 and he's putting <laughs> his little fucking, <laughs> his, his wheelchair that he automates himself with his one working fucking middle finger that he brings himself. What are we doing today? Well, it's not that I'm even wishing death upon Vince. It's like the guy's been doing roids since he was in his forties. You just would think eventually his heart would explode, <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's what Mexico stem cell research is for, pal. Uh, I got uh, whale testicles. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. All right, Vince. 
But yeah, so it's crazy to think that the click is in charge of WWE now. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's true. It's the click. All the boys are back. Uh, well, minus Scott Hall. May, he, may him rest in peace. Which was also shocking that Scott died. That was. Oh, really yeah. We, we did have a lot of great wrestlers. I'll try to look up a list of people that unfortunately passed last year. But Scott Hall definitely was like a, well, damn. Especially because we thought that he got over a lot of his stuff. And unfortunately, his demons got up to him. Yeah, that's always it's always terrible when you hear something like that. But yeah, though, I mean, easily Vince's weird sexual allegations, getting him and John Laurinaitis kicked the shit like fucked off from WWE forever, basically, even though he still owns like hey, pal! The, the majority of the company, which is like when Vince says he wants to come back, it's like, well, the board has to vote you on. He's like, yeah, well, I own 70 percent of the company, pal. You're like, yeah, well, there's that. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess the CM Punk thing was the biggest, biggest news story. The most talked about, right, was was Punk. So Punk is more over than Vince McMahon. That's what that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh wow, I would not tell Vince about that. His eyes would bulge out of his head. <laughs> that's the matchup media: <laughs> Punk versus Vinny Mac. All right. Um, before we move on to our next. Uh, category the tag teams our top five tag teams which i think you could figure out two of them uh for our list uh i also now that i found a list i want to just make mention for the wrestlers that passed away this year great antonio Inoki, uh dave hepner gene labelle timmy white um candy divine uh, uh katsuya kitamura and that's pretty much what I'm seeing is the big names. Uh, Tarzan Gatto, a Japan, Japanese wrestler from back in the day. But, yeah, Scott Hall and Tony Inoki, two of the, I would say, bigger unfortunate passings of this last year. And uh, we'll see a lot of celebration for specifically Antonio Inoki for Wrestle Kingdom because the whole thing is uh, dedicated to him. So I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of – Besides the match that's in his name, some sort of ceremony, maybe right after that match. But, um, yeah, we don't have the bad guy anymore, man. We also lost another person this week. Uh, not necessarily as big as Scott Hall, but Don West. Yes. Big member of my teenage and high school years, watching the old TNA weeklies. Um. Rest in peace, Don West. What a what a legend. Great commentator, especially someone that didn't start out in wrestling. Started out in tele, television ads. Um, make or, was, what what is it, uh, TV? Uh, what's the what's the called the gimmick where you sell stuff on TV? Pay oh, TV ads. Oh my God, QTCV or QCTV? Uh, what is it called though? God dang it, I can't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, everyone out there knows what we're talking about. We just don't know the term for it. But uh, basically, yeah, I mean, he started out there, then, you know, joined with uh, Mike Tanay. Great commentary team. You want to see something weird, uh, you know, hear Don West and Mike Tanay do a Raven match. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal. The amount of hate that Don West had at 
certain points for Jeff Jarrett was over 9,000 on commentary. I highly recommend that you go back. Even if you, hey, even if you don't want to pay for it on Pluto, they do classic rewinds. <laughs> There's a lot of Don West to be had for you guys for free. So, uh, just, I, I thought I needed to talk about Don West because I, I was feeling very nostalgic and sad after hearing the news and then um, well wishes to him and his family. And it was nice seeing WWE not only put a small tribute before, but also with Michael Cole mentioning it, that was a, I think Triple H is going to go a little bit outside the box. You don't have to be specifically a WWE wrestler. If you were, I'm assuming big within the industry, they'll make mention to you, which is, like I said, nice because that's the biggest platform and they deserve their, you know, some praise for their accolades. I would say WWE's done a better job um, of that in the past, like, five years than they did previously once someone left the umbrella of WWE. Um, but yeah, it was nice. All right. Well, let's get into our tag teams, Chris. All right. I mean, uh, we'll just do these all individually. Okay. I got, I got 10 on my list. Cause I thought you said you had 10. So I did 10. Oh shit. All right. Um, but we can cut it down to five. I'll just give you my top five. No, 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 no. You, you, uh, <laughs> you do ten and eight. I'll figure it out real quick. All right, I'll do ten and nine. I got young bucks. That's and what Open. I meant. I think Aussie right. Open had a great year. I think they showed a lot, especially in America, working in New Japan Strong and then working that AEW New Japan pay per view. It's a great fucking tag team. I would assume they're going to be in the New Japan tag champions soon because unless gorillas destiny can get healthy at the same time uh they would be the obvious candidates to pick those belts back up in my opinion and then for eight and seven i got lucha brothers and new day new day is a little further down on my list than i normally like but they've kind of had like a weird off year they have uh, xavier doing a bunch of like tv and youtube and they haven't I mean, I know they've been technically feuding with the Usos, but the storyline with the Usos really has nothing to do with the rest of the tag they division. They won the NXT uh, tag titles, though. That was like the big thing they've done this year, pretty much. Yeah, that happened like two weeks ago, though, right? Two or three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, so I didn't really include that. Um, and then for number six, just to pull it uh, to up to five, I have the Motor City Machine Guns who I think had an awesome year with a bunch of great matches. Um, they won the Impact titles, right? I want to say they won those Yep. and lost them again. Um, it's great to see Alex Shelley and uh, Chris Sabin back together. I want them to do more, but they're working a very light schedule. <laughs> Obviously, they don't. <laughs> Otherwise, they would be in AEW wrestling the Bucks like every other week. But uh, yeah. No, they're, they're, that's my number six. And then I get, get into the top five, and I'll let you let you take one here. All right, so I'll, uh, I just made this list, so I might feel differently, but I, I think I'm okay with it because I had, like, two that I wanted on my five, but I couldn't. So, um, ten, Swerving Our Glory. It's mostly because of those final matches with the Acclaimed and that last one specifically that I'm putting them on here. I don't think they were as... Big as a tag team mix-up mashup that I will say later, but they were pretty good as a tag team. The Young also, Bucks. Sh- shout out to Swerve for just using Keith Lee as a fucking turnbuckle, dude. 
<laughs> just shout out to Swerve Strickland in general. He's not in my top ten, but he has potential to be on my top ten next year. Really, but you know, based on where he goes, he's fucking phenomenal. And I love Keith Lee too. Um, nine young bucks. Um, I think the Bucks haven't had a lot, and they've been having great three-on-three matches. They're still doing great tag team work, but to me, you know, that's and the match with FTR that they put FTR over right after the Briscoes match. That was also another good thing for the Young Bucks. Eight Aussie Open has really impressed me. The more I've seen of them. Um, and you're battling, you know, with another great tag team from that same entire, you know, with, uh, great O'Conn and, uh, Jeff Cobb out of that same unit, but they've definitely impressed me. Uh, Lucha bros are seven and six, like you actually have who almost were my five, the motor city machine guns who honestly, and Alex Shelley, Chris Saban had a great match with Frank Kazarian. Alex Shelley had a great match with fucking singles matches with, uh, Jay White, he had a great match with Eddie Edwards, he had a great match with Josh uh, Alexander, so just in general, and they're the current uh, New Japan, um, what, what's the what's the American, we always forget the shits, Chris, the too many title. they have the too many title belts, belts. no, the, the New Japan <laughs> strong tag team champions, so they're American representatives, and they're the impact tag champions going into next year, so. Now, I will say they did have, outside of FTR in the Briscoes, they had one of my favorite tag matches of the year, which was um, Jay White and Chris Bay, which Chris Bay is not on any of my list, but he should be because he's fucking phenomenal. Jay White and Chris Bay versus the Motor City Machine Guns on a random episode of Impact was phenomenal. (laughs) Could you imagine Chris Chris Bay and uh, Swerve Strickland in a tag team? It'd be the best. They, They should do that. And then come out to that two chains ripoff song that Chris Bay comes out to. I like it. <laughs> All right. So, are you, what's your number five, man? Oh man, number five. I have the major marks, Mr. Cardona and Brian Myers. They're just running the entire industry. They're going everywhere. They're tag team. They're they're Impact tag champs. They're NWA tag champs. They're GCW tag. They're just everywhere. And they're great. They're fun guys. They have good matches. And uh, Brian Myers deserves to be on this list just because of creative pro wrestler. <laughs> like, as a trainer, he deserves to be on this list. <laughs> so uh, I have them. I, I did not. Cardona did not make my top male wrestler, so I felt bad. So I slotted them in here. All right. My number five is some. I think ever since this is disbanded, uh, the other person um has suffered from this greatly just being by themselves but and maybe we'll see them come back i don't even know if i care about it anymore uh i hope randy orton comes back really soon but when they were together rk bro throughout the summer was an awesome tag team leading from wrestlemania uh from last year and they were fun they had a great fucking tandem offense, actually became a good tag team, not just two guys by themselves. And they brought out a lot of good stuff in each other. I just wish that Matt Riddle held on to that. I don't know if it's his fault or creative or both. It seems like it probably would be both. Uh, but Randy Orton put himself back up uh, in a lot of people's eyes. And uh, it's, it's because he's fucking good. And like I said, I hope he gets over whatever – 
I think I think he's got a neck issue or maybe a concussion issue. Either way, hope the Viper comes back. And um, yeah, I don't know what happens, like I said, because of Matt Riddle's stupidity. But uh, hopefully they set him up with a good storyline coming back. Dane, you're a Queens of the Stone Age fan, right? Yeah, of course. Cocaine, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Dude, I fucking passed my drug test. No, you didn't. It's like if I'm here and you're here, wouldn't that make this our time? What the fuck? No, all kidding aside. I don't remember them having any tag matches since Mania, so I couldn't put them on the list, but RK Bro is a great tag team. I don't know if it's as good as Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne together, though. That was pretty great. Yeah, one of my favorite thing matches they had was against uh, Alpha, the Alpha Academy, only because it actually had where fucking that, that gnarly-ass RKO out of nowhere where Chad Gable went to do a moonsault and Randy perfectly timed it, got on the other side of him, RKO'd him for the win. And I think they got the titles back that, that time for the second time. But uh, they were a fun, fun put-together tag team. Not as good as uh, Pete Dunne. And that, they, they were a damn good tag team. Definitely will say that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even before last year's top, show we were talking about the turn of randy versus matt so i'm assuming that's still in the works but now with everything that's going on with matt riddle which surprise surprise guys if you don't know he's cheating on a porn star with another porn star and has also failed like multiple drug tests Woo! Uh, he is basically the rick flair of right now um, <laughs> the Ric Flair right now, now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so we don't know what's going on with him, but I would assume that if Randy comes back in, he's the baby face in this scenario, which sounds crazy because Randy is also a notorious asshole, but uh, he's grown on me over the years because I used to bury the shit out of him when we first started this podcast. He's gotten really good. And uh, I don't know, man, like something about him getting older, he, you know, he seems like he works with people a little better than he used to. And, you know, I've been watching Randy since uh, Evolution when he first came in. So five. Uh, yeah. So, I've, you know, you kind of know what kind of match you can get out of Randy Orton when you watch a Randy Orton match. That's probably part of it. But uh, he's been reinvigorated the past like two or three years it sucks that he was out the majority of this year that's the only reason that tag team didn't make this because i don't remember them having a ton of matches um but also it's me trying to remember an entire year in my mind basically (laughs) there's that so i'll give you my number four i have the acclaimed me too the acclaimed motherfucking wanna go insane the acclaimed i don't even know the damn words listen (laughs) Do you also have in parentheses daddy ass? Because I have daddy ass in parentheses. You, you got to mention, it's not just the two of them. It's also daddy ass. Scissor me, daddy ass, actually. <laughs> I, love that, I, I love that Billy Gunn has been able to get over in, like, multiple decades. <laughs> like, he got over in the 90s. Then he got over in Impact in the 2000s, like, 2000s, 2010s. Then he got over in AW. Years and years later. Yep. But let's face it, man. 
Anthony Bowens, Max Caster. Bowens, fucking great athlete. Fucking Max Caster, just so damn entertaining. Great elbow drop. Um, I like how he made fun of Caster. He's like, he's like, he's like Jay Lethal. (laughs) He's like Jay Lethal. He goes, he goes. He goes, he goes, you got the second best Macho Man elbow drop. He goes, I got a better elbow drop than you. Just like, just so much shit talk. I love it. I just fucking, these guys are great. These guys are great. Yeah, they're fun. And um, they had a good, they had a hell of a run this year. Honestly, they got over naturally. Uh, They should pay Danhausen lots of monies. (laughs) Since Danhausen's the one they got over the whole ass daddy and, and ass boys. Thing. So hopefully he's getting a cut of whatever they're making. But they were one hell, they were one hell of a tag team to begin with. Um, they were, I think they were on our top ten last year, maybe, or one of our top tens last year as a breakout or breakout. I can't remember. We had a breakout last you year. Know you made me break out. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're great, man. They they've had really good matches, especially uh, as you noted with uh, Swerve in our glory. Those were two really good matches back to back. I didn't necessarily like the finish or way they went with the story, but that's booking. Can't really help that. The Acclaim's super fucking over. They're probably the most over tag team on this entire list. Even though they're not my number one, they're probably the most over. Yeah. No, I I I, I think I can agree with that. All right, you ready for your number three, Chris? Oh, yeah, sure. I got your number three. It's Usos. Usos are great. They don't really wrestle tag matches anymore. They just hang out with Roman. But <laughs> it's they're still fucking great. <laughs> watching, watching uh, you know, yeah. Sammy trying to corpse them every week is pretty awesome. No, I mean the Usos have been great. They're they're filling in their role. That's what they want them to do. They're still a great tag team. They have good matches when they ask them to do matches. WWE tag division as always just sucks. <laughs> it's not the Usos' fault. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they've held the belt for like almost two years at this point. So it's it, they're one of the most entertaining things to watch on WWE TV. So they had to be on this fucking list at the very top for me. And the only reason they're not number one is because of the quality of matches. My next two had this year. Yep. Um, I think I can agree with you on a lot of that. I kind of went with, and this is completely different than my men's men's and women in a lot of ways. No, I don't know about that. I don't know. But Usos are not my number three. My number three are them boys, the Briscoes. I mean, anyone who has fucking three matches in one evening. I think it was actually four, but a GCW match was Nick Gage and that other dude. Uh, Then you go from that and have one of the best matches, if not the best out of all three fucking matches. You drop the Ring of Honor titles to, uh, you know, Cash and Dax. And then you go and have a match for the Impact Tag Team titles against, uh, you know, Gallows and Anderson. Uh, I mean, the Briscoes are fucking nonstop. Now, unfortunately, until they won the titles this last time, a lot of it involved losing. But they were still one of the best tag teams, and they still continue to be. And not only that, how over they are, and the fact that they can't have, like, fucking TV, you know, 
because of all the bullshit in the past, they can't be on television. So they're getting themselves over and getting everyone to watch them on Twitter go back and forth. They're brilliant and one of the best tag teams of this past generation, just period, bar none. That's my number three. What is your number two, Chris? Well, my fucking number one is going to be a dead giveaway after this. I got FTR number two. Me too. And I came around really hard on the FTR uh, from when they were in NXT. Because when we first started doing this, they were in NXT. And uh, I was not a huge fan. But holy shit, these boys can work. They've kind of became more of a character. So I'm going to blame just WWE sucking on (laughs) me not liking them more. until now so uh they had a hell of a year they were a little bit held back by well i don't want to say a little bit held back by aw a lot held back by aw booking uh for no reason they should have already had multiple tag team championship matches i know that they won titles they let them win titles in other places but like you got the hottest tag team well you have two of the hottest tag teams signed to your roster figure out what the fuck to do with them and put the titles on them uh, especially for the company that, that came out saying that we're going to highlight tag team wrestling and they seem like they've forgotten about it and are going down the dark path of WWE, except we also have trios titles. Uh, worst booker of the Ugh. year, Tony Khan. <laughs> Fucking, um, sorry, the coughing fit. Um, FTR is great this year. I loved everything they did. They got booked really shitty in AEW. And, uh, they had some really great matches, a lot of great matches in a lot of various different companies and good for them. And Dax also Dax and cash both had great singles matches. Um, I, I put them up. Like I said, if it was about drawing, I'd probably put the Usos above everyone that I have my next two. Cause I think the Usos are imperative to SmackDown getting a good rating. <laughs> Whereas like FTR is never on the fucking show anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, but that's like a that's kind of like a, a weird thing to judge, right? Any in any of these tag teams in my top three are interchangeable, basically is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and I I, I plan on they dro- they dropped the the uh, mine, like I said, number two is also FTR. They dropped the the triple A tag titles to which is a really fucking weird concept. Dragon Lee and Drillistico, and then Dragon Lee gets signed to WWE, so Conan's pissed, um, and I don't blame him. Because uh, now it was like, what? Why did you? No! And like, he, this is the type of shit he has to deal with. But And I hope Dragon Lee does well. I think he's awesome, but kind of fucking sucks. So they drop him to two of the brothers, Rush's two brothers, and then one of them, Dragon Lee, Gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> so uh, maybe Conan know. should stop smoking so much fucking weed <laughs> with Disco and Raven and realize that like, hey, I should probably sign this guy to a contract before I put a fucking title on him. I don't Idiot. know, man. It's, yeah, it's I'm it's, I'm not uh, giving any excuses to AAA. They do dumb shit all the time. It's like constantly dumb shit, especially with their titles. They're, they might as well not have titles. <laughs> like they're irrelevant. Yeah, compared to the I, hair versus hair, or hair versus mask, I, you're right. Yeah, FTR is um, dropping. FTR is dropping their shit because like there is a real chance that they might leave. Yeah, completely. Uh, coming up in what March? Yep. 
That's what's so wrong. It's, we don't know. And they have the uh, match tomorrow night or, or Monday night at, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. They're probably, I'm assuming if they drop their titles then, then we won't. I don't know. I think that might be showing where they might be going, basically. If I'm, F- if I'm FDR, I'm like, I am not showing up if you're just going to have us wrestle the Good Brothers and the Usos 7,000 times. No, the, the, I, I would feel like they wouldn't go back to WWE unless they've talked to Hunter or at least just been like, look, this is what we want to do years ago of like getting the tag team division back in order. Will you fucking let us do it this time? I'm not saying let them book it, but it's it has it's been so stale for such a long time. They could definitely I mean, there's been time periods where tag teams in the fucking attitude era into the, you know, uh, a ruthless aggression era. How many good fucking tag teams there were the late 80s into early 90s in WWE, how many good tag teams there were. So it's not like tag team doesn't sell. It's just I don't know. They need a lot if, of fucking if, work. If you're FTR and you know your contract's coming up and you know the Briscoes currently aren't under contract for AEW or Ring of Honor. And you're Triple H, and you call him, like, I'll get both of you guys. That's that's a tag division you can build around, just those two, plus the Usos. Yeah, you got the Usos, you got... I mean, yeah, definitely. Because Fox doesn't give a fuck if you said something anti-gay. <laughs> Check out their news channel. <laughs> uh <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> like, yeah. You get what I, you get. What I'm getting at, like dagger them. If you're Triple H, like fuck it, I'll sign you and the Briscoes. Bring it, y'all. Y'all come do those five star matches on my program. <laughs> like, oh shit. Because <laughs> the Briscoes aren't signed, they're still doing that open contract, which lets them work other places. But they they won't need that if WWE just fucking pays them. <laughs> like. Dude, it would be awesome. It really would. It definitely would. I mean, I don't uh, know if it'd be awesome because I don't know what those two tag teams would look like once they get to WWE. But I, as a business move, if you're Triple H, yeah, you know, suck it, Tony. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, like... they might turn they <laughs> might turn the Briscoes from the Sheep Herders into the fucking Bushwhackers. So that that's scary. Yeah, you know? but if you think about it, you would you would then have like the Briscoes, FTR, Usos, New Day, um, the Good Brothers, like. You got a good tag division at that point. Yep. Uh, so who's your number one? I'm assuming it's uh, the Briscoes. Reach for the sky, boy. Yes, yeah, the Briscoes. I got the Briscoes at number one. And the reason I have the Briscoes over FTR is I feel like somehow the Briscoes put over FTR to a, a fucking new stratosphere after that first match, which is crazy because the Briscoes aren't on TV, but after that first match, everyone's like rocking FTR shirts and they're like talking about uh, Dax's kid beating cancer. It's like, I don't even know how any of that happened. That all happened via Twitter. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy to think about? Like, That's how you build up a match, man. FTR is so fucking good <laughs> that they, some, or no, <laughs> excuse me. Briscoes are so good. They put over FTR without being on TV. That's how fucking good they are. Also, they wrestled four matches in one night, like you said earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, it's uh, absolutely nuts. They're, I don't know. Like I said, you could switch any of my top three. It just depends on what you like. I still like the Briscoes better than FTR. FTR is a little, 
I don't want to say generic because that's unfair to them because I think they do have personality, but they, I mean, they, they wrestle like the Andersons. This is part of their gimmick, right? So, uh, whereas like Jay and Mark, they're kind of weird off the wall characters and they do weird shit in the ring and just more exciting to me personally. I think it was, Uh, it was best said by Caprice Coleman with their, uh, with the commentary on their third match. And he goes, if you look throughout the structure of this match, you got two guys that, you know, they're very big fans of Bret Hart and you can kind of make that comparison with their style. And then you got two guys that are definitely Terry Funk. Now you put Terry Funk and Bret Hart, (laughs) Bret might get him in a technical match, but you get Terry Funk the ability to be able to like, you know, uh, have a hardcore match and brawl. I don't know. My money goes on the Briscoes and I'm not, I'm not doing it verbatim, but when Capri said that, I was like, that's definitely putting things in perspective a lot. It also goes back to that promo with, uh, Y'all want to talk about focus, talking about Daniel Bryan kicking the bag. You don't kick the little bag with your foot. <laughs> Terry Funk didn't need no mouthpiece. <laughs> Terry Funk didn't need no mouthpiece. Oh, man. Briscoe's are great. Yeah. I've loved them for a long time. I think they've made my they, – they may be my only tag team that's made my list every year since we've been doing this. So uh, this is the first time they've made number one for me. But like I said, I mean, it's an easy argument. I think those are the three best tag teams in the business, and it's hard to debate – Unless you're just like a huge, and I'm a huge Motor City Machine Guns fan, uh, but you know, when you look at like FTR, the Usos, and in <laughs> in the Briscoes, it's kind of hard to put them there. Now you could easily put them there. Bring fucking Motor City Machine Guns in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> no shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're having better matches than the Bucks. Shots fired. It's true though. I mean, and they're 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 having matches everywhere. They're doing the same fucking travel schedule. You know, they're going to Japan. They're going over to MLW. They're mostly in Impact. You know, they're they're kind of at the top of their game. <laughs> if you're Impact, you should just be trying to get like all these tag teams together, and then be like, when's Bobby Roode gonna be not injured and out of his contract so we can get beer money back together? Uh, do you want to come back? No, I'm not going to do my Scott and more. It's terrible. Uh, but by the way, Boy, you, you want to come back? Eh? I like hockey. I, I carry around this flag sometimes. He, he sounds like fucking like a, like Donald Duck or like a duckling, human duckling. Uh, anyways, oh, sh- number one. Sh- shout out to Michael Shannon for his weird Donald Duck, George Jones thing. He's doing as a drunk character in George and Tammy. Check that out. Speaking of what? Donald. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, George Jones was known for getting really drunk and talking like Donald Duck. So Michael Shannon is playing George Jones in that George and Tammy show. And he has to do Donald Duck impersonations a lot. And it's fucking crazy. Hell yeah. All right. Well, if you couldn't figure it out from all this, my number one Zusos. Longest reigning tag team champions. They've been having... I. They've been having high-profile tag matches, but like we said, they just don't do really well with their tag division. Um, but either way, longest, and it's a lot of my list, and you'll see this with the women and the men, what has gotten, what has made me care a lot of times is the entertainment value just as much as championship gold. They have both. So they're my number one. But really, these top three, like Chris said, you can fucking shuffle them. 
I think they're the three best tag teams right now in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy rotation because it just depends on if you're looking at, like, ratings, entertainment, in-ring in work, whatever, whatever your personal feel is. But if these three aren't your top three, I don't, I don't know what fucking tag team wrestling you've been watching because I've watched a lot over the past year. But, yeah, these three are for top tier. All right, uh, let's move on to our next category, female wrestlers. Um, so, yeah, we'll do this, like we just, like I've said, 10 and 9 by twos, and, 10, and then we'll do our top four. All right, so with the female wrestlers, I know Chris might make fun of me for this, but when I was trying to divvy up and figure out everything, there was no way... I just I I didn't like Jade that much this year. I, maybe she has potential, but I was like I can't put Jade on this list because she's undefeated, and not realize that Mandy Rose was undefeated pretty much, winning the damn title. She did better in her matches, which is not really it's like judging, you know, it's whatever. But she did, and at the end of it, she had to drop the title, put over a big star in Booker T's. Uh, you know, uh, student Roxy, uh, and even though she got fired, she got fired for providing for her men and female audience a chance to see very, very intimate photos of her for a fee and is making more money on that than, than anything else and said, fuck WWE, I'm going to do this instead. So for that, Mandy Rose is number 10 and number nine. She's not going. She's only going by Cuddy now. So she's not going by Carrie Sane. She's not going by Cuddy uh, Hojo. But not only getting back to the group of things and stardom, but also the big crossover with New Japan and becoming the inaugural uh, IWGP Women's Champion, which is pretty fucking big. And also whatever she's going to be doing with her match at Wrestle Kingdom, and then we're hoping will Sasha come out and challenge her. And then we get Sasha and Kari for the fucking championship to bring it to prominence. A championship unlike the TV title or half the other fucking championships in New Japan. One that actually brings some gravitas to it. And Kari Sane being the first person to hold that. So Manny Rose and Kari. Kari or Kari or however you fucking pronounce it. I'm going to say honorable mention. I just didn't see enough of her this year outside of the uh, tournament building up to Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, let's talk about Mandy Rose. I'm going to talk about Mandy Rose. It sucks what happened to her. I think it's bullshit. I think it's a terrible way to run a company when you have people that are, well, openly you know, banging multiple porn stars and getting failed drug tests for cocaine plus like all the other me too slash speak out wrestling movements that you just kind of fucking ignored for a long time to fire her for showing her titties basically especially for a company that had multiple people that were in playboy during a time period uh in in a hall of famer that was a porn star uh but that being said fucking she did not make my top 10 name <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Do I didn't it. ask you to. I didn't ask for your criticism of my list. Give your ten and nine, you motherfucker. Okay, I'm just saying she provided a service. 
I know. Jesus. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying that you know it should be talked about. Like what happened to her sucks. That being said, she wouldn't have made my list anyways. Even that didn't happen. Uh, my number ten is Britt Baker. That's going to piss a lot of people off. Uh, my number nine is Rhea Ripley. And the only reason I didn't have Rhea Ripley at like two or three is that she was injured most of the year and couldn't actually wrestle. So I felt bad about putting her there, even though she was like one of the most entertaining things that was on Monday Night Raw for the majority of the year, which is the biggest show. All right. Um, my number eight is I really almost refrain. The, the next two are kind of hard because you got to see what they did and, you know, holding a championship. So number eight is Ronda Rousey. Um, not for the greatest reasons, but she's consistently been wrestling. Some of her matches have been good, like with Raquel. Rodriguez, some of the and Raquel's a really good wrestler. Some of them have been terrible with Shotzi Blackheart, who's a good wrestler. Uh, but she's had the title until last night, <laughs> where Charlotte came back and fucked her over. And I feel like at least she's figuring out, or they're finally figuring out the best place for her, which is as a heel, um, more so than a babyface. Same feeling in a different way, because Tony Storm puts on great matches. And she took the title in a in a shitty time. You know, after Thunder Rosa had to drop it, she ended up winning it um, and held it. But it almost seems, and I'm glad that they're officially counting that as a championship reign within. You know, it's not um, whatever the hell the the stupid you know UFC interim. Interim. I hate that. Uh, if you can't defend it in 90 days, the, the next person is a champion. Don't do interim. It, it, it makes sense in boxing and like actual fighting, but in wrestling, it makes zero sense. Yep. Uh, I agree with you. Um, and uh, yeah, even though I think Tony did had good matches, she's lost a lot of her personality that she had when she was in, well, NXT UK. I think it's kind of broken down through WWE and now AEW. She's kind of like this overly tough chick. I, I, I just liked it when she was more carefree. She even had better promos back then as well. She's a little bit too serious, but she's still, she was still a good champion this year. Yeah. I agree with you. I think she needs new theme music and to be repackaged a little bit or something. Um, her in-ring work has not been really the problem, but uh I'm going to blame this on AEW is it, why I don't care about her is because they did the interim champion thing. And then they just had her have like throwaway matches that meant nothing. Uh, also, she ass killed a bunch of people. She keep that ass down. Do you ever see that? Like, uh, <laughs> who the hell was Asuka? She was working where Asuka just eliminated her ass in Japan. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, someone just like took away her ass. Like that was like you know how you focus a leg. <laughs> I can't remember. It was either Carrie or Oscar or uh, Mayu Watani. They just focused her ass the entire match, so she couldn't hit her ass splash. <laughs> <laughs> Which That's sounds funny. it sounds really stupid until you see it and you're like, oh, because they're like actually working moves that would like make your ass hurt. <laughs> Oh yeah, if you give them like a what is it, domino or um, oh, Manhattan Manhattan drop right on the, the 
spinal column, if you will, the yeah, tailbone. Yeah, is is literally that kind of stuff. Like you know, like instead of you know doing knee drop, like ass knee drop, <laughs> kind of shit. Like it's a really great match. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But uh, she did not make my list, and it's mostly just because. I'm going to say AEW booking because it's not Tony storm. Didn't she didn't have any bad matches or anything. They just didn't do anything with her. And, uh, God, she was just, they didn't give her any good promos. I don't really like the music. It's like a fake Barracuda. Tony's out here dumping money into songs. Like maybe you just get, if she wants to come out to Barracuda, just get bare fucking Cuda, you know, like, I don't know. The whole package is like a rework of NXT, but like lamer. And then the Thunder Rosa thing throws a kink in it too. So I, I feel bad that she didn't make my list because it's it, like I said, she, it's not like she didn't do it. I, I want to say honorable mention for her, and it's because of her booking more than anything else. What's your uh, eight and seven? Well, uh, I got to do my uh, eating some. I have Masa Samovich, and she would be higher on my list. I think she's fucking great. It's a great fucking name. She had one of uh, – she was in my uh, best matches. Um, but all of her matches, for the most part of the year, were squash matches up until the good match with uh, Jordan Grace. So uh, she's eight. But I think is a great character. It's really fun. It has a uh, kind of like a glow wrestling feel to it like an 80s type character and it's a great name and uh she's really good in the ring especially when she works her friend uh jordan grace so she's my eight my seven is becky lynch i i it's undeniable her presence whenever she shows up even though she didn't really get to work that much just her being there is like an instant ratings pop and the matches she did have even injured were really good so uh yeah that's my eight and seven Hell yeah, my six and five. Number six, she might have been able to get higher, but she got injured. Uh, she had a good match with Serena Deeb. She got the title from Britt Baker. Um, and then, unfortunately, Thunder Rosa uh, lost or didn't lose. She injured herself. She was having paralysis issues with her feet and fingers and hasn't been able to get cleared back. But, you know, potential to do more. Uh, really good at the beginning of the year and then flipped over and all the bullshit that happened on the side, uh, especially since Maria Shafir is one of the people complaining about her being sandbagging her, even though she kicks someone right in their fucking face. I don't know if anyone saw that video not too long ago because she's really good. Um, thought there was a little bit of bullshit there, but, um, you know, that's why she's six and she could have been higher, but she didn't get a chance to show me, um, more because of the injury. Uh, my number five is Jordan Grace. I thought Jordan was awesome this year. Dominating, great matches. The one with Masha Slamovich, like you said. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she's ran through a really great women's division over at Impact. And I believe still has the belt. And uh, is even getting more and more in shape. Uh, she looks incredible. So someone you would not want to fuck with at all. Uh, Chris, who do you got for six and five? For six, I got Jamie Hayter, but she's number one in my heart. <laughs> this is great. Uh, it's just too soon, really. They they gave her some really bad booking, and they should have pulled the trigger on her just winning the title. 
when they did the interim three-way match and uh, she kind of got screwed over by Brit. It's just, once again, AEW booking that I don't necessarily like. Uh, she's fucking over as fuck. Is she the most over wrestler on the AEW roster right now? No, but she's up there, I would say. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Brit, I guess, maybe. I oh, you're know. talking I about guess... just, just the women by themselves? Yeah, just the women. Oh, yeah, I... Th- I think so. Yeah. So like she got over without them booking her in any, and also Jamie Hader's great. If you watched her in stardom. So I have her at six. I feel like she could easily be number one. If she was, if she would have been pushed correctly. Um, uh, for my number five, I have Deanna Perazzo. She just continuously great, had a good run uh, this year. She had that great, uh, Remember that weird like penalty box match they had <laughs> that we were talking shit about on Impact not that long ago? And it ended up being pretty good, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the she King was of the Mountain. Yeah, the, they the did mountain. the weird. Yeah, they did the weird Queen of the Mountain match. She was great in that. She's and and just kind of carried that Impact division. I ha- still to this day have no idea why WWE let her go. But uh, she's phenomenal. She's my number five, Diana Perazzo. And also like if her impact contract is up like i don't know AEW. maybe sign one of the best female wrestlers in the world no kidding for sure all right well we're down to our top fours uh diana is definitely someone that almost made my list and unfortunately didn't i just she had a great match with mickey i didn't see enough of her this year specifically um to put her on there but definitely an honorable mention for sure she was definitely very close to the top of my list last year. Uh, my number four didn't wrestle for a good bit this year. It's already been on Chris's list, but I feel like her popularity and the heat she's getting and the whole entire scenario of being mommy with uh, her poppy and now getting in there with, you know, getting the ring and physical body slamming fucking gallows like it's nothing. Although Gallo's put himself up there very, very light. Pretty fucking awesome. And look, Rhea Ripley didn't win shit. She was injured for a good chunk of it. She's still one of the most over people on the roster uh, as a heel. And there is a good chance that I could see her winning the Royal Rumble and going for one of the champions uh, and winning at WrestleMania this next year. Now, she's already won once. uh, Or maybe it's been twice now. But the, I, th- I think it's only she won one. She was in two of them. She won the one that unfortunately was during the pandemic. I think this could be a year where Rhea's on top. But just entertainment-wise and everything else, what she has done for this group was more that Edge could do when he was in charge of it. So that's why she's four for me. Chris, who's your four? Uh, so my four is Bailey. I think her coming back was a big deal, even though I disagree with the way they booked her. But she's had some great matches coming back, and she's a central part of Raw constantly. And uh, she's great. I mean, she's Bailey. She's really good. Uh, if if Rhea, like what you were talking about, if she was actually able to wrestle the majority of this year, she would have been my number one with the bullet. But I felt it was kind she's- of unfair to put her <laughs> – there with her she's had like what two matches um but yeah uh, Rhea is by far the most entertaining person i have on my list 
Yeah, she's uh, she's doing pretty good, man, for herself, and I think she's gonna have. Uh, she's gonna be maybe towards top of my list next year. And uh, I, actually, maybe... I actually feel like I, ra- I ranked Bailey a little lower than I should have because she's the only true hill in all of WWE. <laughs> See, <laughs> for me personally, with, with Bailey, I couldn't justify her on my list. Um, she came back. It was great to have her back. They put her with a group. And the group didn't do shit, and she lost a bunch. Even though she's ground stick, I just well, and she, now she where, won where the, the fuck belt, has she right? been? She didn't tag. win them. Uh, Io Shirai and uh, Dakota Kai did. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I got gotcha. you. I mean, Bailey's still great. I mean, once again, this is where it gets hard, kind of like. Well, yeah, th- I think that's the thing, and you said it earlier with putting Britt Baker so low. Like, I love Britt Baker. I don't think she had the greatest year this year. But it, a lot of it wasn't her fault. She was injured for part of it. Bailey also the same thing. Um, I think Charlotte. I don't. With, with make my yeah, list. Sh- Charlotte didn't make my list either. But they, I. When was the last time she wrestled? Mania. She had one Ooh. match this year. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like popularity versus you know achievements. Um, yeah, uh, Bailey's worked every week, so she deserves to be able to like. <laughs> since since coming back, she has been on pretty much every show. So, um, well, teach us some. Yeah. yeah, I wish I wish Rhea would have been healthy because, like I said, she would have been, probably been my number one. Well, what is your number three? Number three is Jordan Grace. Someone that works every week and has had a great run. Um, speaking of that weird King of the Mountain match, she was incredible in that. And then obviously her match with Masha, which we talked about earlier, is probably the best women's match I saw uh, outside of Japan, which Siri versus uh, Iwatani, that's kind of, you know, they have five-star matches all the time, so it doesn't really count. But Jordan Grace versus Masha, uh, two women slapping meat. <laughs> Can you say that, or is that offensive? No, nah, man. I think uh, that's that's offensive or or a home run for some cases for women. Yeah, I mean that's like the the Biggie Goldberg two big men slapping meat. It was the equivalent of that. Uh, she's great, and she really represents that company. I think that she's uh, you no know, like don't get in Twitter feuds with Jim Cornette. Outside of that, she had one hell of a year. Yeah, she's a badass. My number three. Is Becky Lynch. I like I said earlier, um, it almost made my top ten. I loved her match with Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Um, for being a heel, she did a damn good job. I mean, a lot of us didn't want it, and I think that's the reason why you detract a bit from her. But she, she had great matches. She still was a great uh, opposition to Becky or to Bianca. And then she unfortunately injured herself, but making that switch and now ever since she's been back you know becky is becky so that's how i feel yeah becky would have been higher on my list except for the injuries and um she did have some pretty rough matches which were more book like why the fuck is she in there wrestling like dicky ash yeah um shit but uh by number two is siri from stardom who had one hell of a run with his title belt Leading up to what we're seeing at the uh, kingdom here, 
tournaments and etc. cetera. Uh, if you just look at Meltzer's list of five-star matches, her name will repeatedly show up. Just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of great matches. I'm not going to list all of them off, but um, as far as a star in their country and like actual in-ring work, she probably is should be number one on this list. But uh, number one, just because America, I guess, <laughs> is not Siri, but Siri is great. Number two for me is Jamie Hader. I think she's awesome. Shit ton of potential. Uh, she does resonate with the audience more so than any female and up there. Like I was honestly, when you said that, I thought I was judging the pop between all superstars, but she has to be up there. She gets them up like the acclaim. She gets, you know, the emotion flowing like a lot of the top wrestlers in AEW. She has a championship. We just need more of a storyline basically for her more so than just having matches and kind of being a heel with Britt Baker, but not really. So that's the only thing I need to even out going forward, but just the sky's the limit. I, I think the great thing about Hater is that we saw her at the beginning of AEW three or four years ago, right? She was one of the intro female characters that was there wrestling. And then she didn't get signed and left and went to Japan and like worked her ass off, got in way better shape, came back, and then had that storyline with Bert Baker and kind of became the Jamie Hader that we see on TV today. But she was completely different, even though she was great even when she got to AEW. But she looks completely different than she did day one she stepped in AEW. Like she uh she rockied basically. <laughs> Like there's some kind of montage of Jamie Hader just being like, I'm just going to become the greatest female wrestler in AEW. And she kind of has hit it. And she's fucking incredible. Uh, I would put her up higher. Like I said, she had shitty booking. So. Yep. Did you say that your number two or. Yeah, my number two was Siri. So. Okay. Number one. I think it's both of us. Or Sarai. Sorry. Sarai. Sarai's pretty damn good, though. Um, number one, though, Bianca Belair. I mean, she – I need to see more of an aggressive side to her. I think she has that no problem, kind of rockish, but not the rock. Because um, she, her just being the bubbly, cheering baby face is kind of getting old. But, man, fucking so young into it. She's already been in two WrestleMania main events. You know, she she just gives it her all. And she's a great fucking babyface, great champion. So, Bianca, I tip my hat to you. Um, that ladder match almost made my uh, my list for best oh, matches. Yeah, that one with her and Bailey. Yeah. That was uh, fucking violent. And it was great. And Bailey the, the, took a the KOD ton of bumps. on top of the ladder and smash on top of her head was fucking violent as hell. Also, shout out to Bianca for realizing that she needed to take two steps to the left and not drop this person <laughs> directly on their head on top of a ladder. Perfect. That put her number one right there. Honestly, Bianca's great. Um, she is a better version of Sasha Banks. And if she ever turns heel, it'll be great as well. She's uh, better in ring. <laughs> I I like the character more. 
Um, yeah, shots fired, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, Bianca, she had the best year. And we'll continue to have the best year until Becky is healthy or they do something with Bailey, I guess. She's yeah. top tier, dude. She's really good in the ring. And especially if you put her in there with like Bailey or Becky or Sasha or Charlotte, she's going to have really good fucking matches. She's yeah. one of the last NXT females that are going to be able to have those kind of matches, at least from that class. Like if you think about like Gigi Doll and Mandy Rose, like those cats aren't out there having those kind of matches that Bianca's having. Do you think there's a chance that we'll see her and Rhea Ripley for that title at WrestleMania this year? Fingers crossed. That'd be great. Because Rhea's like she's Rhea's also in that class as well. Like the last, and I'm not trying to shit on the females that are currently in NXT, but there is a huge gap. <laughs> between like a Rhea Ripley and a Gigi Dolan. Absolutely. Or uh, who, who's the skateboard girl? What's her name? Cora Jade. Cora Jade. There is a huge gap between <laughs> Bianca Belair and Cora Jade. That's my cat. If you've been here. <laughs> The cat right. agrees. <laughs> cat, cat totally agrees with you. Bianca Belair. I'm on my own against the wall. I don't know the rest of it. I never needed you at all. I'm on out. All right. Anyways, let's go on to our top 10 male wrestlers. It's always a fun one. All right. So 10 and 9. 10, I should have higher, especially the matches that he had. The fact he's been a champ. What sucks about this whole thing is there's a lot of great wrestlers that have been holding it down for their companies. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone comes to mind, MLW. Um, you have Vikingo, who's doing awesome in Mexico for AAA. But my 10 almost didn't make this list, and I was like, I have to fucking put him on this list. He's had a great year. And that's Josh Alexander, the Impact World Championship. He's in a feud with Bully. He's had a great match with Frankie Kazarian for the title, great match with Eddie Edwards for the title, great match with Eric Young for the title, uh, and beating them all, keeps on stacking up. Great match with Alex Shelley for the title. So the human weapon he should be higher, I feel, but I'm kind of this year, like I said, going more for in the scope of wrestling, who really made the biggest mark. And sometimes championships aren't exactly that. But that's no discredit to uh, Alexander because, to me, in the next couple of years, you put him on AEW or WWE, he's going to excel. I think that he's fucking brilliant as far as a wrestler and just being, you know, that that kind of Bret Hart-ish baby face. Like, I'm going to take you down by being a good wrestler, and that's all I need, really. That's 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 where I'm at, basically. So Josh is number 10, my number 9. I can't put him up there. This is another thing that's hard for me. I can't. He had a great fucking match with Adam Page. I mentioned it earlier. He's on my top. Um, he's had great matches with a lot of people. John Moxley. That's that's the reason why William Regal got involved. I love fucking Brian Danielson, but he hasn't done a lot of stuff for me um, in storyline or or championship wins. Really, he's had great matches, but. I, I couldn't put him higher on my list, and I wanted to. 
So Josh Alexander, Impact's champion, number 10. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, number 9. I don't have Brian Danielson on my list at all. I, he almost didn't make my list, man. I fought myself and, uh, for it. It's it's nothing against Brian Danielson. I fucking love the American Dragon. Uh, I just I haven't cared about him since his feud with uh, Kenny Omega. Yep. And I really didn't care about the Blackpool Combat Club. So if you're looking for any of those people on my list, you're probably well. Actually, there's one technically, <laughs> but any of the other people. <laughs> not going to show up on this list uh my number 10 is shingo takagi just watch him in the g1 it's fucking great uh my number nine is mjf and like listen i know a lot of people are going to have mjf a lot higher but uh guy was gone for like six months and the way he got sent out was getting power bombs seven times and then shitting on tony khan to come back in a weird storyline. And he's a good enough promo that he made it work, but it really wasn't that great. And he didn't have a ton of good matches this year. So I love MJF. I think he's one of the best promos in the business, if not the best promo. It could easily be pushed to the tippy, tippy, tippy top of the mountain. Uh, But this was not necessarily his year from January until now. If I'm looking at it all encompassing, especially when I go up this list with some other people. All right. My number eight and my number seven. My number eight. You could argue that Cody Rhodes should be higher on my list. But unfortunately, the injury cut that short. His ending from AW was unexpected. But what he did on the way out, like we said, having an amazing match with Sammy, ladder match, putting him over, and then leaving the company, coming back, having one of the best, if not the best, WrestleMania matches this year um, with Seth Rollins, feuding with him, coming back in that reception, talking about his father against Billy Graham for the title at Madison Square Garden, putting that thought in our heads. You know, being the same character, same theme music throughout both. And then, unfortunately, hurting himself, ripping his peck off the bone and having an amazing match. Still in a ridiculous amount of pain against Seth Rollins. We're all waiting for him to come back. But he, that first half, everything. His popularity, the craziness of the of him going from one company to the other but still remaining, like I said, humble and not putting people underneath the bus and, you know, just how he was received in AEW towards the end, that match against Sammy coming back, uh, just awesome. And then seven, he is, like I said, I, I joke and say the new ace, but Okada is, you know, like I say, with it's kind of like Moxie with AEW or Roman with WWE. It's like, when you have the title on him, the title means more. When he wins the G1 for however many that he's won, it's incredible. His match with Will Ospreay, his match throughout the whole entire G1 itself. Um, look, even though it sucks about what happened with Adam Cole getting that drop kick, that stiff drop kick from Kazuchika, that was still a great four-way match between him, Adam Page, um, I do want to say that 
Adam Page kind of went in having a concussion to that match, and Okada did not punt his head or anything. Adam Cole and um, I, I Adam Cole didn't have a concussion going into that match. Yeah, he did. He just came back from a concussion, headed into that match, and then took that bump. Like, well, Okada way, doesn't it, it even was, touch I'm not, him. If you look back, he definitely makes contact. It's not a. It it, it happens in wrestling. He's not a god. Uh, debatable. <laughs> Have you seen Okada? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So that is my eight and seven. What do you have for your eight and seven, sir? <laughs> uh, I have Drew McIntyre for my number eight. Thought he had a really good year. Some great matches with Sheamus and and then uh, Walter Gunter. Um, that's my eight. My number seven is Seth Rollins. Thought he had great matches with Cody Rhodes. He's continuously. Always part of the card. I'm still not a huge fan of the character. He would be higher on my list. I love the character when he's feuding with Cody. I think that's what Seth needs, is he needs the Joker to his Batman. But when you have him feuding with people that are not as established, or well, not as established is not even a good term, because he's feuded with like AJ. He needs someone that's as good as he is to feud with. Like... um like he needs like a Brock or a Bobby. Like he needs a set storyline where he can do his Seth Rollins stuff and it makes sense. So that's uh, he would be higher on my list because I think he he had some of the best matches in quantity than anyone on this list. But uh, well, pretty much anyone on this list will get will get to my top. But uh, yeah, Seth Rollins is my number seven. Great wrestler, by the way. Seth is still amazing. Uh, my number six is Gunther. Uh, we all wondered what was going to happen when he came over to NXT. He, you know, dropped the title Dilia Dragunov, obviously. The UK kind of fell out of place. And he went right to the main roster along with his Imperium members. Dot was dominant from the start, has been undefeated. Since he started, beat Shinsuke for the Intercontinental title, has gone through each opponent, no problem, and always puts on great fucking matches with them. It's, it's, I mean, Gunther is fucking Gunther, is Walter, whatever you want to call him, he's awesome. I mean, whether you have him in a match with Rey Mysterio and Ricochet, or if you have him slamming down with Sheamus or Drew McIntyre or whoever, it's going to be a good match. Uh, he had the, one of the best matches with Shinsuke uh, for the rematch, I would say, of Shinsuke's career recently. He's just a great fucking wrestler. And my number five, you just mentioned him, Seth Rollins. To me, he's finally starting to get where he needs to. The audience is, you know, the whole symphony thing, him picking up that whole conductor part. And now that he's a baby face, it's. To me, he's still a hodgepodge. Like, he's got a little bit of savage in there. He's taking a DiBiase laugh to a fucking weird level. But I think he's starting to work stuff out. His programs are becoming better. I don't know how the fuck he excelled after the Matt Riddle feud, which I'm pretty sure he lost the match. And Matt Riddle didn't excel off of that because it got so personal and it was so good. Um, He's, you know, he got the U.S. title, lost it, has been going back and forth now. With Theory, his great feud with Cody, and those two matches that we already talked about, his match against Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble last year. I mean, Seth, to me, has 
you know, it, it's weird to say this. It, it's he, he's kind of became like the number two, if you will, reliable wrestler in WWE after Roman. And it might have affected him beforehand, but now I think he's happy about that and he's content. But I don't think it's done between the two of them with or without the title. And I think that they'll have, based on how Royal Rumble went, this relationship kind of like a Sean and Triple H connected forever throughout the WWE from them being there. So that is who I have. Gunther and Seth Rollins at six and five. Chris. I do want to say that I eliminated uh, FTR in the Briscoes from this singles competition. Same with Motor City Machine Guns. Or maybe I would have them uh, on this <laughs> top ten. But uh, my number six is Chris Jericho. And I know everyone's like, oh, fucking Chris Jericho. Why is he so high up? He headlined every pay-per-view and had really good matches. I know his character's annoying right now but he's still Jericho and he had good matches. That's why he's number six. My number five is Sami Zayn. Um, and if he would have done more booking wise this year, he'd be even higher on this list. Cause every match Sami Zayn has is great, wonderful. And he's also consistently corpsing all of the bloodline <laughs> and being the most entertaining thing on the biggest show that happens each week, which is SmackDown, Sami Zayn, uh, actually, you should be higher than my number four, but uh, he's fucking phenomenal. That's my number five. And he's not my number four. Sami has, I mean, WrestleMania time, I did not like everything with Giant Oxford. I fucking hated all of that. He had a blast. Great. Then we're off to the races, really, when it comes to this bloodline concept and a joke, a fucking joke of him joining them and him getting like the the wrong, you know, uh, basically like helping them out or, or, or trying or, or getting getting the wrong vibes from the Usos and then him actually joining up with them and the whole camaraderie. And him and Roman became kind of buddy-buddy. And him and Jay always having this problem with each other. Then he's producing these great matches. And now it's going where Sammy's going to – not only is – even though he's in a heel group, he's one of the biggest baby faces in the company. Gets a huge reaction. Um, if he's not with Kevin Owens going against the Usos or maybe going against Kevin Owens or, you know, going against fucking Roman possibly – all those are believable, and he's going to be one of the most invested matches. He finally had a fucking match with AJ Styles and beat him. Now, he does take an L a lot for the sake of the group, just like he did last night with John Cena. Uh, but Sammy is on top. He is one of the most popular wrestlers, and he didn't win a fucking title. He lost to Johnny Knoxville this last year, and I have him at four. Is Sammy the most popular wrestler in America right now? He has to be up there, man. It has to be. It's, it's got to be close. Um, one hell of a year for Sammy. He deserves it, too. He earned it and deserves it at the same time, Dane. <laughs> yes. You can chant that for him, people. Say that whole entire thing. <laughs> uh, my number four is Will Ospreay. I think he's had one hell of a year. If you go to all of his matches in the G1, he's about to headline... For the second year in a row, um, 
uh, New Japan World. What the hell? What's the favorite uh, kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. There you go. He's about to headline Wrestle Kingdom again. Uh, cross best crossover for AEW. Him and Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Want to say like Will Ospreay has had one hell of a year, and uh, he's will continue to be great. It sucks that uh, Bea Priestley is now <laughs> in WWE because uh, her as his manager was fucking great. I don't, I don't know why you would let them be broken apart. New Japan, maybe pay out some money or some shit, but outside of that, one hell of a year. Oh, and she's Blair Davenport now. <laughs> Where did they get that name? I still don't understand it. Blair it's like they Davenport. threw it in there. It's like, did you ever throw like a name into a random band generator yes you just put a word yes. yeah <laughs> let's, let's just keep clicking it <laughs> i think they did that they they just like random british name generator <laughs> put it in a Ugh. b and just kept clicking until it happened yeah i'm gonna have to believe that as well just ridiculous all right um so we're down to our top three three for me, it is JF, Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman. Uh, I agree with Chris on a lot of stuff that he was saying, but still at the same time, a lot of the stuff that was associated with MJF was my favorite things to watch for, especially the later half. Um, yeah, he had all those issues. The fact that he didn't show a fucking meet and greet and then turned his big thing, who knows how real any of that shit was, or if this is more to add to MJF's dickhead mythos but he got the whole fucking AEW audience to start cheering for him just to fuck that over uh you know help william regal helping him screw over moxley and then nailing william regal he's just one of the best heels and he's a current AEW champion one of my favorite storylines like i say usually going in throughout it so he's my number three love him jf i mean it's hard to it's hard to dispute how great he has been. I was just looking at it from the entire year perspective, right? Um, my number three is John Moxley. Man carried the title, carried the interim title, got beat, dropped the title to CM Punk after winning it from CM Punk, got beat at the pay-per-view. Punk freaks out, picks the title back up, and puts in work every week. One of the best promos, if not the best promo on the show, continuously has good matches. Um, this man's unstoppable. John Moxley's on a whole nother fucking level, and that's not even including all of the weird group matches he had with like Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club or whatever. I'm just from a title standpoint, he is the face of AEW. I know they want it to be Omega or the Bucks or someone else they pick, but at this point it is Moxley. When I when I think of AEW and who holds that title, it's John Moxley for me. Yep. And that's why John is my number two. It's uh I mean I guess this really throws out who's my number one, but um you know, shield up in the house. <laughs> But John, like you said, everything, holding the title when they need him to, dropping it when they need him to, picking it back up when they need him to, 
you know, just everything he's had to endure. He was going to take a break and hang out with his new kid and his fucking wife. You know, instead he was like, all right, I got to step it up. Yeah, him and Jericho both were supposed to be on vacation the next day, and then Punk had a freak out. And then he's like, well, I guess right back to work. <laughs> like, yep. Fuck, the guy's a monster. I fucking love Moxley so much, dude. Uh, hopefully he doesn't die when he's like 57 or something. Because he seems like he's leading that kind of life. Maybe he'll be Terry Funk and outlast you son everybody. Of a bitch. But Jesus Christ, that man. And he's wrestling like on the weekends and shit. Like Moxley, GCW champion. Like even if you look outside of AEW, like Moxley's got his handprints all over. It's ridiculous. Yep. And that's why he's my number two, man. And uh, I have no problem having him there. What's your uh, number two, Chris? Kazuchika Okada. I figured. I definitely figured. I, I love G- Okada. G1 tournament winner, right back to Wrestle Kingdom, the star of the show, probably going to wrestle two nights again. I mean, consistently still has the best matches. Him and Will Ospreay in ring wise, probably the best match uh, outside of FDR versus the Briscoes. Uh, he's Okada, dude. He's fucking great. But Rain I couldn't put him himself. in. I couldn't put him at number one because there's another guy. Because really goddamn everyone good. else, everyone else is the twos, but he is the one, and that is Roman Reigns. I feel like every. I feel like all of our listeners are disappointed that I didn't put Okada at number one now, just so that we could argue about it, but. <laughs> Roman's next level right now and has been for quite a he while. He doesn't wrestle enough. He doesn't fucking have to. Hulk Hogan yeah. didn't wrestle a lot during the goddamn week shows. I hate to tell you. Give me a yeah, fucking that's, break. That's what Macho Man's for. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Seth Rollins is for. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> he didn't climb to the goddamn top of the mountain to work house shows, boys. <laughs> no, man. But, I mean, his matches have been awesome. Him and Brock, it took a lot to get Brock to a different personality for us to care about him, to actually have some good matches with Roman towards the end of that. He does that. Uh, His match, like I said, with Seth from Royal Rumble last year, awesome. Great fucking match with Logan Paul just talked about. Great match with fucking Drew McIntyre. He always has good matches. And he's the – he comes in – People cheer him and boo him. It doesn't matter. He's the tribal chief. He's got this whole entire group. He's great on the mic. He's got the best fucking manager in the industry. Top three, period, to me. Um, I mean, what the fuck? Sami Zayn, everything with that. You can thank part of that to fucking Roman. So it's he has won the records, has both titles. What the hell else is he going to do? I mean – this it's the closest thing you're ever going to get to an NWO again. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And it's got the coolness factor of the wolf pack, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's like the, the shitty people you want to cheer for because <laughs> they're all terrible. They're all bad guys. <laughs> like Paul Heyman, not a good guy. Roman right now, not a good guy. The Usos heels. <laughs> Sammy <laughs> confused. <laughs> 
but I mean, they're basically NWO and they're just running the fucking SmackDown show. It is great. It's perfect. And they found a way to do it. And Paul Heyman's like, I know I booked it. It's great. <laughs> I know imagine, what I'm doing. Imagine if they let me control Raw for real that time that they hired me and then fired me seven months later. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, Roman, like, look, I get it. Oh, God, is he great. had a good match with fucking Goldberg <laughs> this year, guys. Seth is great. AJ Styles is great. It, we're not, it's best wrestler is not necessarily the best in ring worker. No. So it's, it. Roman is the biggest star on the biggest show who also headlines the biggest pay per views. So he should be number one. There you go. That'd be like if I put Macho Man above Hogan. It's like, that's impossible. That's an impossibility. If you write about that, brother. Yeah, Macho's going to have the better matches, but he's not. It's That's what he has to do. You know, I mean, I, I just, like, I love Seth. I think Seth is probably in WWE. You know, you, you said AJ. You can throw Kevin Owens, Sammy, a couple other people in there. But, I mean, Roman don't have to do none of that shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, the bloodline is the bloodline. And, yeah, there's a lot of great fucking uh, factions. Some of them are terrible. Not going to get into them. Some of them have appreciation and Blackpools and stuff. But, you know. You, you know what's a good comparison of people that currently run the company? Triple H what? never had to be Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no. Because if you compare... <laughs> All of the wrestlers like Sami Zayn's and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, they're like Shawn Michaels. Roman Reigns yeah. is like a Triple H. You don't have to do that much, homie. No, no, exactly. <laughs> you just got to be good at being you. <laughs> and Roman is right now is on fire and they should actually let him talk more. Because when he cuts the promo walking away from the ring is sometimes his best promos. <laughs> Dude, his promos have been dope as hell. So, I mean, we're going to get a lot of hate because you're going to be like, oh, WWE lovers. Blah, 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 blah. Suck Where's it. Kenny? <laughs> Kenny was injured. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Kenny was gone. I, for can't, I, can't just, I can't just put Kenny Omega on here because I love him. You know, AJ didn't <laughs> I mean, fucking. He's not on here. He's lost like every match in the last like year. Yeah, AJ's great. Kenny's great. If they had a match together, I would definitely pay to watch that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's you can't. I mean, we we're know not, that we're not saying we're, that we like Shawn Michaels overall more than Hulk Hogan. We're just saying Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan. Shawn Michaels, is Shawn Michaels, basically. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And also, like, I mean, if we're just talking about pure and ring skill and shit, like, you know, Will Ospreay might be number one. On this, li you know, like that gets really weird. So, like, don't take it personally if your favorite wrestler didn't make our top tens. Make your top ten. Send it to us. Let's talk about it. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, I guess before we get out of here, do you want to do any honorable mentions? People that, you know, maybe you 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 see the more potential in them next year, or you just want to mention them because they weren't on your list, Chris. Anything. It could be a match. It could be a female wrestler, male wrestler, tag, whatever. Chris Bay. I, I don't Chris know what Bay. the fuck they're doing with him, but he should definitely be elevated in any company he gets signed to. And if you're WWE, you should sign that guy. He's your anti-swerve and better in the ring. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a hot. Yes, to be. Yes, his preference. Um, female wrestler Session Moth. She's still out here. Sire. Mm. <laughs> we all do it. The Moth's great. AEW giving her like a couple matches. She's still signed to Ring of Honor, technically, I guess. So maybe we'll get Session Moth in the future. But yeah, do some with her. Uh, tag teams. That one's tough. I don't know if I have any up and coming tag teams. You got anything for that, Dane? It doesn't necessarily have to be up and coming, but who didn't make my top 10 thinking about it? That. I mean, the New Day. They just had a stale year, and then they won the NXT titles right at the end. So it was hard for me to not put them on there, but also at the same time hard of me, you know, to keep them on there. I don't know. Um, I Potentially for next year for tag teams, now that they're back and they've had a couple matches that have been awesome, uh, the Martin brothers, uh, Top Flight, I think have a lot of potential to become a huge high-flying babyface tag team like they've try to i just hope that darius stays healthy unlike the last two times unfortunately because dante's awesome dante's proven himself yeah yeah dante just doesn't have a look or a gimmick to excel outside of tag teams but as a tag team i think they're great you know what i mean like he's tried to do they tried to put him in single stuff it just doesn't really click but top flight great fucking tag team love to Um, see them and also uh because I thought they were good in the UK as like a, a bad guy tag team, and now it looks like they're going to be coming up to the main roster. Um, oh man, now I forgot their name. It's, it's uh, something deadly. They're two good-looking blokes. They have like a almost like a Midnight Express, but from the UK look to them. God damn it, I can't remember their fucking names. I'm gonna say pretty deadly, but I'm pretty sure that's like a hardcore band from when i was in high school i think it is pretty deadly actually i think that is the name of them um but they've they've been uh they've been cutting their teeth over in the uk for a while before they came to nxt but um bold predictions braun breaker takes the title off roman (laughs) i mean if you want to fucking have a dominant start you know because a lot of people want like cody to win that or um not anyone but Brock Lesnar, pretty much. Seth Rollins, maybe, potentially. But you're saying, fuck it. Braun needs to come up there, beat Roman. This is my title. It's my time. All that. Cody doesn't need it. Cody, Cody no. can just as, as, as he could win it against Braun and do the WCW match, right? Like, have Roman do the match with Rock, which is the plan. And then next pay-per-view, Braun Breaker's like, what? What up? Bitches say what? <laughs> He's another guy, man. There, there's someone to look for. As much as I want to say some of the WWE guys, or I should say AEW guys, I don't see used enough. Like I love to see Darby really fucking stretch his wings and not fly into the third row and kill himself. But you know what I'm saying. Um, or we said Swerve Strickland. I think he has a shit ton of potential by himself. I'd still love a match with him and Kenny Omega when Kenny's even more healthier. Um, but yeah, Braun Breaker is going to do some really fucking cool shit, I think. Um, well, now that we said it, we forever cursed him because that's what happens whenever we put over someone in the Put over team. someone to that level? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Velveteen yeah. Dream, Alistair Black. 
Oh, shit. Uh, uh, Austin Theory, I want to say that he has a lot of potential uh, for this next year to be one of the... He's already, for having a bad time period, which would keep him off a list, Triple H rebuilding him from that, I think, has actually been really in his benefit. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him at Mania this year. You know what what would be a fun storyline? Especially if you're going to try to get rid of Matt Riddle which I'm assuming they're going to try to do, but they have to write him off TV. Uh, have the Viper get in Austin Theory's ear. Have have Austin Theory be a little bit of a Viper. I think he's better as a heel, especially going back and watching his stuff and evolve. Yeah. Randy's definitely one of his favorites. Well, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they do a lot of the same moves. He moves the same way. I think it would be like a good, and then you have Randy turn, turn on him or whatever. I mean, I just don't. I don't think Matt Riddle's long for this WWE world at this point. <laughs> so, see if Dana White wants to take him back. <laughs> That's a joke. His uh, first fights against Filthy Tom Lawler, <laughs> suspended for a thousand years or <laughs> whatever. Oh Jesus! And uh, Logan Paul's another guy to look for next year, man. I'm telling you, I don't know. I just I was blown away by his ass. And it seems like, unlike Pat McAfee, which is awesome, he has more time he can devote towards pro wrestling. Um, and I, I hope Pat comes back. I hope Pat is back in some type of way, maybe in a feud, something, sometime soon. I know he's really fucking busy, that college uh, football stuff on Saturdays, but, you know, we miss him. Him and Michael Cole was a really good uh, commentary team. Uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's uh not great. So um here's a bold prediction. All right. Wilder a heel coming in. They're not gonna get Tyson Fury back because he doesn't want to work. Why not take the time out to pick Tyson's biggest opponent, the only person to really beat Tyson Fury? And put him in the ring. Make him your Mike Tyson, the bad boy. Set that up. Do a worksheet. Let's go. I think it's interesting. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... We can do throw one of the Paul brothers in the like ring with Tyson Fury. <laughs> you know? You could put Jake Paul in the fucking ring with Tyson Fury and, you know, have Tyson fucking knock his ass out. That would be great. Uh one of my favorite, like, dude, that Tyson Fury, that last Tyson Fury Wilder match, still, I still think about it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it was. Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't know. If if you're AEW, what's uh, what's your predictions for AEW? I think MJF's gonna have a long ass title run. Yeah, and I don't think Wardlow's taking it off of him anymore because of how they booked him. Um, I'm I could be wrong Dar- on that. I'm thinking Darby. I would love that. I would love for them to – I hope this is Darby's year. I hope he's not just in the shadows anymore. I hope that he's actually a prominent player. I don't see him being Samoa Joe for that title uh, this next week. I don't see that happening, but uh, who knows? I think that he could – he's just – he's one of the mainstays that kind of gets, like, pushed to the side a bit. And I hate It's that. believable he could beat MJF. Not as believable that he could beat Samoa Joe, who's on a killing 
streak right now is he's basically the predator. He's making those tick noises with his teeth right now. Um, I don't that know. I, hope, awesome. I would love if they put a Road Warriors tag team together. We talked about this before. Yeah, plenty to pick from. Oh, maybe it'll be Parker Bardot and that guy that gets tattoos all over his fucking face. How about Lance, Lance Archer and what do they call him? Big Bill now? <laughs> Just the skyscrapers? Hell yeah, dude. Let's fucking make them Chronic 3.0. Let's do I it. Think about Chronic. I kind of want to hit. Um, <laughs> here's, here's a bull prediction that's not going to happen. And it kind of counters something that you said earlier. Cody beats Roman Reigns at Madison Square Garden and wins the title at some point this next year. To On TV or, Dusty's pay, loss. TV or TV or pay per view. I mean, I would rather it. it I don't raw think it's gonna be a house show. It has to be a like raw anniversary or something. Yeah, it had to be yeah. televised. They're not gonna do that shit on a house show. Yeah, they're, they're not gonna do it like that other one, but it would be cool. And I mean, if you're gonna have like the cool badass heel, I mean, Billy Graham and, and Roman kind of have that quality, you know. Uh, I don't know. Probably not gonna happen, like I said. Maybe can, we get a bunk, can we get a bunkhouse match? Cody putting his cowboy boot on his fist and hitting Roman in the face with it. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. That's... Terry Funk's in his corner. <laughs> Just sit there. Don't fucking tell me what to do. God damn it. This is, not, right, really well, bold, this is not really a bold prediction, but Okada going to hold the belt for six months next year. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's that's on that's that's on New Japan, honestly. But Kota Ibushi will sign with AEW. Ooh, Kota Ibushi will sign with AEW. I could definitely see that happening. WWE will have more involvement and interactions with New Japan past Wrestle Kingdom, especially after they got fucked over by Kota Ibushi. <laughs> especially after that, <laughs> they tell AEW to fuck off and start working with WWE. <laughs> Forbidden Door 2 or whatever is a WWE pay-per-view at New Japan. Actually, uh, sounds more interesting. Tanahashi versus Seth. Okada versus <laughs> Roman. Still I actually never got Brian Danielson and Okada. Bullshit. Yeah, well, you know, Danielson's contract's probably about up. If you just roll back over to WWE, no big deal. In the words of Miro, <laughs> or Miro's wife, I should say, Lana. Everyone goes back to WWE. It's fine. Did you see that? Did you hear about this? Did we talk about this earlier? I can't remember. Oh, we did. Oh, we did. We definitely did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's going back. <laughs> Especially Everyone if goes o- back to WWE. Okada's like, I'm right here. We could wrestle <laughs> anytime you want, buddy. <laughs> I just want to, you know, I... The, the 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 pure weird you know you'd think that I'd want to see Okada go against Seth one of their top like worker workers but I I I have a fascination of seeing Roman Reigns and Kazuchika Okada have a match. Does it be great? <laughs> That's why it's not it, something it, you're it, gonna see Okada do that often. <laughs> no, and I think they would have a fucking great match too. It's exactly why, like, when The Rock was, or Okada was like, I want to wrestle The Rock. You're like, fuck yeah, dude, that'd be amazing. Oh, man, Rock shows up in Japan at Wrestle Kingdom, calls out 
Kikuchi Okada. Everyone's like, what? I thought he was going against Roman. <laughs> nope. Swerved your ass. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's not going to happen, but it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if he challenged Okada for a title match, uh, and then he's like, no, 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 I still want to do it with you guys, too. And Triple H said, no, we can't. You just you challenged Okada. God damn it. Fucking the Rock. Dwayne. The Rock just runs out on Okada's entrance and goes to the top and does his arm thing and just rains money and Okada's just sit there with his dick in his hand. <laughs> I guess uh, the preview for next week, guys, if you haven't been able to uh, figure out, we're going to be going over Wrestle Kingdom, which me and Chris are just so excited about. It sucks of the timing, obviously, from where we are to Japan and when they put on the show, but it is up there with Mania and I would put Probably double or nothing, you know, as third as my favorite wrestle. It, it it's up there with WrestleMania, like almost neck and neck, honestly. Wrestle I Kingdom, Wrestle I, Kingdom. I like, yeah, I like Wrestle Kingdom better than Mania, but only if I skip like all of the trios matches. Yeah, the beginning <laughs> matches are fucking usually terrible, <laughs> completely unnecessary. But I think that's it, Chris. I think we had a pretty damn good show. We, uh, we did our, our normal best of show and uh, told everyone which wrestlers we liked and just a whole bunch of goodness on this episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Why don't you uh, say some, some final farewells and uh, Happy New Year or two to our wonderful audience. Happy New Year's, everyone. Hope, it, hope it's as good as mine or soon to be as good as mine. Hopefully. We'll see. But uh, if you want to talk to me, you can be at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. On Facebook at Christopher.r.patton. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, go Devils if you're a hockey fan. If you're not, I mean, if you hate the Devils, I'm sorry. Did mean it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me, Dane. What do you got? Go with the Devil for what you're going to corrupt this next year. I'm just kidding, guys. That was a joke. That was a tag off of his. Uh, anyways, Happy New Year's. I hope you guys have a great New Year's. Hope you had a fun time. Be safe. And we'll we'll have fun in 2023 talking about professional wrestling. You can find me at DaneAlves42 on Twitter or just Dane Alves on Facebook and also Instagram. All right. Listen to our show. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance of Google. Find your platform. We're on everything from, you know, iTunes to Spotify. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Find our show. Rate it. Give it a five-star rating. Be a good guy, good gal, whatever you are. Just, just help us out. Give us a good rating. And uh, like I said, Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, while I turn to William Shatner at the end of this fucking thing, <laughs> <laughs> peace out. <laughs> God damn it. It's like I had marbles in my mouth. Hope you guys have a